How much are you making right now? Right now with these three customers I have, we'll base 30,000. And so okay. as we upsell, so I probably will do, by the time these three month initial contract is up in 90, 100, 150 probably. No, that's you upsell. Well, they are, they're all upsold. They're all upsold. Okay, so. Yeah, okay. but yeah, that, let that me, means. Let me, let me talk, let me talk one, one, one second, one second. You started nine months ago, you started going really hard May 1st. This is, this is very interesting. I'm going to need to see proof because here's why. Twitter is what I've realized. I've been doing this content for a while. I've seen a lot of frauds. I've seen a lot of jokes. Oh, there's tons, dude. There's totally so many, played the game. And Twitter, especially, I've noticed there's a lot of bullshit. So yeah. I'm going to clip this at the start. And once you show me proof, I'm going to put this on here. But if you're telling me within nine months and then the last couple of months that you're at 30 grand now and you're looking at you know, a hundred grand you're going to make from this shit. That is assuming, yeah. assuming on these, on this particular contract with these brands we're working on right now, going through August, end of August, everybody's, everything stays, everything the whole way through. We keep doing what we're doing. They keep liking us and we, we maintain that relationship. Yeah. Or I could, it could be done tomorrow. Right. Sam, but you said you're still making 30,000 right now. Because of the base fee, right? Because it's okay. 10 per. You can show me that proof. You have a hell of a story and people should pay you to learn from you because that is well no it's crazy. it's all it's all it's really not man it's all little pool day in the northeast of brazil it's the rainy season not winter but ooh, it's warm a gringo don't matter if there's sun you can still swim hakuna matata but uh ryan did prove to me he verified it he sent me over uh some uh, invoices documents and Everything looks legit. Even if it didn't, I probably still would have posted it because the information he said is pretty good. Common sense. I mean, it makes sense. If you do it, it's probably going to work. But he's a good dude. Tons of valuable information. A lot of you cannot handle nuanced conversations, especially when the name Andrew Tate gets brought up. And it does get brought up here in relation to the real world. That's one of those online courses, you know, groups in there. And I guess that is where Ryan, at 50 years old, found uh, the UGC. You know, he saw his kids talking about who is this guy all over TikTok and he said, I got $50, nothing to lose, let's check it out. And that's where he learned it. This ain't a real world endorsement, but this information is good and valuable. So Ryan, thanks for coming on. Thanks for verifying. I wasn't trying to come at you in the podcast. I'm just very skeptical with online people. So many frauds nowadays on uh, the internet. So. I'm going to enjoy this pool day and you enjoy the episode. Ciao, ciao. All right, here we go. Back in bold. It's another beautiful day in the northeast of Brazil. Hakuna Matata, Beleza. I love it. And today, I am so excited to finally learn how to monetize my content. I've been on Twitter recently, uh, just kind of shooting the shit, going back and forth. And I started to connect with a lot of good people. Even though my profile is very low profile, I haven't really done much with it for three years. It's a great place to network. I think Elon is turning the corner with Twitter. And uh, I came across Mr. Ryan. And Ryan is one of uh, a lot of people I've seen with uh, UGC in their, their Twitter name. And I'm like, what the hell is this? Because I see like Bowtied accounts. Everyone has a Bowtied name. There, there's all these different like groups on Twitter, right? And uh, I think we commented on, or I must have commented on one of your things. We're going back and forth. And also you give me freaking five paragraphs about authentic content versus basic stuff. And I'm like, God damn, who is this guy? So we were going back and forth and I need to learn 
how to monetize my stuff because I've been doing this as like a journal, a hobby, a networking tool. Um, I've done consultations, so I've gotten paid, you know, that way. But uh, how can I monetize my content that I love to create? So today, Ryan, you're going to give us a little free consultation. I heard you've been doing this for a while. You're kind of uh, the big dog behind the scenes or what is your story? <laughs> I don't know about that, man, but I, I've really enjoyed it. It's a, sort of a second life for me. And so I've really enjoyed the whole content creation side and, and uh, just getting to understand how all the inner workings of it are. It's, it's been really exciting. Now, like I said, though, you're kind of behind the scenes. You're helping people do this or you did it yourself? I do a little um, bit of both. I do a little bit of both. I, 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 my passion is helping people. So I love helping people. And that includes brands, right? So if I'm working with a, with a company that's trying to, you know, get their, get some awareness out about their products or do some ad sets or something like that on Facebook or TikTok, I really love to work with them to try to help them succeed. But my, my ultimate passion probably really does lie with helping people grow their, grow their own personal brand or their own business. And I think a lot of people struggle with that whole brand identity thing, as far as like from a personal perspective. Yeah, 100%. Everyone is saying now you need to build your brand. It's the future, especially with the uh, online money, the Wi-Fi, the remote working. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, it's it's very important. So hold on. First, tell me exactly what UGC is. And then second of all, tell me something that can uh, set the frame for everyone that you're actually you actually know what you're doing. You have, uh, you know, uh, uh, clout, they say, when it comes to this. Well, I, I think UGC at its core, right, is... So it stands for user-generated content. And what you see, we've all seen the, the video reviews of stuff, right? So like I'm reviewing a product, like this is the best thing I've ever seen. And I review that product. At its core, that's really what it is, right? It's just a video. I have a product or service that, that you are using that you like that benefits you in a certain way. And the, where the UGC monetization comes in is a brand paying you for that review, basically. Um, and that's really how you monetize it, right? A lot of times uh, creators will go on Twitter or go on Instagram and they'll reach out in different ways to brands and those brands will contact them or they'll just email, cold email to the brand and they'll you know, come up with some type of collaboration, be it a set of videos, some kind of package deal, or they'll just do a video on their own, which is actually uh, really the way I started it. You do a video of a product that you like on your own, it's really authentic, right? A lot of times you see now uh, what people call UGC videos are not, they're just video ads. You've got all the, the uh, you know, higher level premium editing using like Premiere Pro, you've got the transitions, all the trending sounds and everything. And so when you do that, it, to me, it becomes more of an ad. And that's where I have a little bit of a hangout myself personally, because I don't like to, I'm very authentic. So I won't sell you something that I don't believe in or use myself or would at least be willing to use myself. I recently had a product shipped to me that uh, I really liked and I really wanted to like it and I tried it and it caused some, it, it didn't work for me. It was, a, it was a supplement product and it caused me to have headaches. Now that was just me that it caused to have headaches for. I'm, I'm sure that's not across the board, but I would not be able to, to do a video on that to have someone buy it if it gave me a headache, I just wouldn't feel comfortable with that, right? So there's sort of like this, this dynamic uh, growth thing happening in UGC right now where you've got the traditional video reviews versus the video ads that people are calling UGCs and the brands are paying a lot less for, for ads basically. 
Um, so wait, you don't have to be an influencer to do this because this is Oops. like sounds like a affiliate marketing type gig, which I've done. I did it for Doublewood Supplements. Um, uh, great stuff, Tonga Lee Extract. I love it. The great company, and uh, it was some website that they give you your own personal link, right? And then it's cash aid. So if they click it and they buy within 30 days, like you get a percentage of it, right? And then they would also give you a discount. Um, but other than that, uh, I have not done it. So you don't need to be Kylie Kardashian to do this, no? Definitely not, man. Actually, anybody can do this. Somebody with no followers or no social media can do it. Uh, I don't even have a huge following in social media because I've got so many different accounts that I, I really use all of these to test things. That's different theories. I love the creative side of stuff. I may take a video that does really well for a brand and then, you know, put it back in the think tank, start researching again, and then post it with little bitty changes here and there that I think should work or shouldn't work and then post them to different accounts. So yeah, it's, it's absolutely possible to do this if you if you just got on social media today or if you've got, you know, millions of followers. Um, the difference is really pay scale, right? Like if you've got 60 million followers are going to pay you just for a post. If you've got just a few, then they may want to see a portfolio or some work you've done before. And that's where you get into like where you mentioned the affiliate marketing side. In the beginning, you know, brands are willing to send you something for free and then you do a review on it in exchange for that. Then it kind of morphs into, I'll give you a commission base. Uh, you get a lot of that stuff on Twitter. Brands will reach out and they want to do just like a commission only thing. And that's fine. If, you, if I really, really like the product, I really believe in it or something I'm passionate about, I actually consider that stuff. And uh, what I like to do is uh, I prefer to work behind the scenes for a bigger, bigger brand because I don't want to do the $50 here, the $300 there, the $500 videos there. I'd rather, because my passion is helping and growing, I'd rather take a big brand and try to make them a percentage uh, uh, revenue increase. So if you made $100 million last year in your company, I want to increase that by 5%. And for that, I will take a small payment up front. And then if I hit that goal, which I know I'm going to, right, uh, a percentage of that increase. And so that gives everybody some skin in the games, right? It gives me some skin in the games to, to perform. And it gives them some skin in the games because they've actually given me a little bit of something and shown some confidence in me. And I really like that model for me personally. I don't think it works for everybody um, because you, know, you can leave money on the table, but I work so much behind the scenes because I'm not necessarily personally just doing a video. I'm talking content, uh, web copy, email sequences, everything. There's just so many ways you can go into it, uh, not just the UGC videos. Um, and so there's really like, um, it's really in a growth stage. It's such a new thing going on. Most times I reach out to brands and if I mention UGC, they have no idea what I'm talking about. So I call them video ads, which they definitely understand. So let me ask you this though. So are are they posting it to their social medias or running it as an ad on their pages? Because what if you're a person, you know, like uh, that doesn't have many followers? Do they take this like organic, authentic video, put it on their page? Because I've seen ads like this all the time, where it looks like a, a, a authentic like TikTok or, or Instagram reel. It doesn't look like an ad, and I'm wondering if that person, you know, sent it to them for them to post. Is that kind of the situation that's going on? Yeah, there's a lot of different ways to do it, right? So sometimes it might be, they ask for, there's no telling what they ask for, right? Sometimes they want to just take the, the content and post to their own platforms. Sometimes they want you to post it to your platform. Sometimes a combination. And then there's this whole other thing where 
you will create a, an account, for example, like a TikTok account, a separate account that you're just posting brand content on there. And you're posting all your videos. Maybe they want you making 30 videos. And so you'll post these videos and then you will you know, put them on this new account. And then you'll engage with that account. That's part of the deal, right? You engage with that account, the comments section, you're just doing all these things. But almost like a social media uh, marketer on that one account for the brand. There's just, there's so many ways people can take it as opposed to, oh, I need to have 10,000 followers or 100,000 followers. And I'll put this on my account. I mean, that's not necessarily what they want. Uh, I've seen a lot of people or a lot of brands now are going where they want you to just, just record a video and they're going to provide the script. They're going to provide the hooks. They're going to provide the CTA, the, the call to action and all the ideas. Uh, that's not something that I particularly like as I'm such a creative person, but a lot of people do that, man. They make good money doing it as well. But for me, if you're a, a big brand, especially and you've got a marketing team, that's their job to do that. Stuff. If you're reaching out to a content creator for social media to get the word out and to, you know, authenticize your brand and connect and resonate with their audience or try to find your audience and connect with them um, and try to make that connection, you need to let the creators create. That's what they're there for. Yeah, I've been noticing a lot of um, kind of everyday type of person uh, ads, especially when it comes to StreamYard, which we're using right now. I see it all the time where it's this guy who is a StreamYard user. You know, he's not famous. He's not necessarily the best looking person, but uh, seems like he's reading a script. But it's like, oh, that could be me. Like, oh, he's the same person as me. So I'm going to buy it. Right. It's really uh, relatable. Yeah. I think that content um, has gotten popular because of the TikToks where you see all the POVs and all the more expression that's happening on TikTok, which I think is it's good and it's bad. But uh, OK, but hold on. We need to make sure like uh, you're legit. So can you give us a little background? Like, you know, have you done big deals? Like, what is your your story? You're not just some random guy on Twitter talking or no? I am just a random guy on Twitter talking. Actually, No, I've um. So what I what, how I started was actually um, I learned my content creation from uh, the real world. Actually, I've always been interested in it. I've done some editing and things like that. Uh, being a lifelong entrepreneur. Uh, I got into Adobe and all these things, but really I learned it inside uh, the real world. Do you familiar with that? Was well, that the uh, Yes. Oh, Brother, okay. I'm telling you, it is the, the, the lessons in this. So I'm, I'm going to be 50 this December, right? So I'm not some young kid that's being influenced by somebody. I've, I've actually, I've got in there and I've actually taken the courses and mostly because I was just interested. I've got teenage boys myself. And they kept talking about this stuff. So I was interested in just myself getting on there and learning a little bit, seeing what it was all about. Once I got in there, I started seeing a really cool connection with all the classes they teach. And they've got stuff for like crypto and things, right? That don't, that don't translate. But then they've got, you know, e-com course. They've got a copywriting course. And then they've got uh, affiliate marketing. And then this content creation course that I really, really like. Uh, the guy in there, uh, his, his nickname's The Pope. We can't give you his real name, but he teaches like amazing stuff. And he is super, super, super high level guy. And so when we start learning these things from him, we are like fast tracking. We're not going through 10 or 15 years of a learning curve. We're getting right in. They put us through a feedback loop. So we really start learning these, these, these techniques that are almost cutting edge. Like we're getting into a lot of AI stuff right now, which is unbelievable. Uh, I, I don't know if you saw yesterday, I posted some things on Twitter, just some images. It is just like 
can't even tell, man. And that's going to change the game for a lot of companies. If your creators are not using AI now, you're already not, you're not even competitive anymore at this point. And I can't imagine in six months or a year what's going to happen. And I'm talking big, big brands, man. Um, like some of the biggest luxury brands in the world are going to be behind if they're not getting on board with this right now. So let me, let me, let me pop in though quick. You said a lot of different things. Um, so one, I just saw something actually, I think it was the, the users of chat GPT has gone down slowly and it's not as much hype, which is kind of interesting. Obviously it's a huge, powerful tool. Um, two, I definitely think, uh, paying for courses or mentorship or whatnot can be extremely valuable, even though and I'm pretty sure, uh, Tata said this, you could find a lot of this kind of stuff on the internet if you search it, but once you invest your own money into it, once you got someone that's saying, Hey, you know, do this, you can ask questions to, you're more inclined to do something. Right. And obviously nowadays we know too, like the education system, unless you're getting a certain degree is horseshit. Right. So oh, bro, absolutely. You know, why, why not invest, you know, what is it? $50 a month uh, yeah, into, this thing and to learn uh, uh, different things. And I've heard decent things about like their copywriting program and, and so forth. So I've never done it. I can't say uh, the good or the bad. Um, obviously, there's going to be a stigma whenever you, you bring up that name. And I've had my fair share of conversations about uh, that topic on hand. And I'm very uh, uh, balanced with it. For one, I'm, I'm just going to say this right now. Okay, for one, I appreciate him fighting back against all, you know, where the world was kind of going with uh, the woke stuff and, uh, you know, just the crazy, right? He was kind of a voice of the, the other side, correct? Uh, he's a master marketer for sure. He's the one that hacked the whole TikTok algorithm and, and whatnot. But then when I come on the other side is this, and um, we don't need to stick on it too much, but I've been to Eastern Europe. I've been to the Balkans. I know exactly what that whole cam business is like, where he made uh, definitely a lot of his money. And where I see Andrew Tate is, I think he's for sure a master businessman because his target market back in the webcam days was lonely, sad, you know, in quotations, beta, beta men, you know, on the other side of the camera for the, the webcam people. And nowadays it's basically the same category for men who are kind of trying to figure out their lives. They're sad. They can't get woman. Now they attach themselves to this guy who acts super macho and alpha and whatnot. So I think he, he, uh, the same target market, he just, he's selling on different sides now. Right. So I give him a lot of props for that. We're going to see what happens. Um, I know they finally got, uh, their charges, which, and then anyone, everyone has to agree that even though if you don't like them or not, what they did in Romania for six months without saying the whole charges is horseshit, right? I know the, the law system is a little different over there, but um, anyway, so anyone that was, you know, heard this real world thing and automatically said, oh, I can't listen to it. You need to be nuanced with conversation and not just bash something because of, of a name attached to it. I guarantee you, well, I've heard and I've seen that there's a lot of people that have made a, a decent amount of money online through these courses. So tons, anyway. tons of my printing money. Yeah, so, it's been, he's actually not so, on there. He's actually doesn't teach a course on, on the platform. Um, it's all these other guys that are, you know, they're obviously uber successful guys that are part of his network, but they, they don't really touch on him very much, man. They're really focused on, on, on the, on the educational platform part of it. And it's, in the beginning, it was definitely a bunch of younger guys. And now, man, there's a lot of older guys. There's, you know, guys from, there's a lot of young 20s and, you know, teens. And those are really cool stories because anybody that's older knows how hard it is to actually make money when you're young. But now, this has given a chance for guys even my age um, to completely change their career path and do something else. 
maybe something they were passionate about. I've always loved to be a, I've always been a creative person. So when I found the creation course, I was actually, I was just after my wedding. I was still over in Italy and they had just brought it online. And I, I went ahead and signed up for that particular course. Once you're in, it's all free, right? I signed up for that course and it started having me do things that I was not comfortable with getting on camera, talking, and I just hadn't been comfortable with that. But because of the, the push that they give you and the assistance that they give you, it gets so much easier. And there's never any negativity, actually. Actually, they'll kick you out for being negative to somebody. It, if you're doing something wrong, they just help you to fix it, which I think is really, uh, is really a good way of doing things, especially with older guys. We, we think we know everything, and we don't, especially where it comes to technology. So that platform has given me the ability to go after some brands and even some bigger brands and you mentioned about the the hacking the TikTok algorithm that's actually a lesson that gets taught within within that entire uh, uh, platform of kind of how that went down and how they did it and I, I think the cat's out of the bag for the most part now but that right there gives me the ability to go after a bigger brand and say hey i want to take your you know $500 million brand and increase it by 5%. It's not a problem because I've got 200,000 people standing beside me that are more than willing to help at any point. So it's it's been a, a great learning experience for me uh, personally and everybody that I know in there. We've got Telegram courses. The platform is sort of run like a Discord. And, and then there's lots of videos. And it's just, it it's so much better than school ever was. I've learned so much in, in, in even this last week, I've learned more in this last week than I've learned in you know my entire life of schooling, growing up in the state. So it's been really cool, and that has helped me to learn how to outreach uh, in this type of market, and learn how to close deals in this type of market, learn how to give people what they want in this type of market. Especially being an older guy, uh, my sales training is old school training, and there's you know lots of different things, lots of new techniques that have come out that are really helpful. And that's really how you monetize things, man. Like even online with YouTube and TikTok and things, they, they talk about being patient, but there's a method to that whole madness. And most people, especially my age, got no clue how any of it works. Um, and they would, while they would love to capitalize and, and older people especially have a lot to offer, be it education, coaching, mentorship, it, it, they don't know how to do it. So places like this are really handy. And it's not just that one, there's lots of platforms out there that are good for that. Um, so there's there's room to grow in this for sure. But going through this educational system has really taught me and given me a lot of tools to be able to go after brands, even in the beginning when I wasn't sure exactly what to do or how to market these particular things. They were giving me things that were just, um, things I hadn't even thought of because it's just not in my wheelhouse because I'm so much older than, than a lot of people that are doing this, right? But my experience is with me. Yeah, go ahead. My bad, 100%. Just so we wrap up, just so we wrap up the, the real world uh, six minute uh, pitch, they can use your link. Uh, I, I, I wanna do say, uh, we were talking to Andrew Tate probably like early 2020 when he was about to do the podcast circuit before I think he was putting this plan in place to get a bunch yeah. of stuff on the YouTube to get it all clipped everywhere and very cordial dude. But uh, at that time I wasn't doing YouTube. So he's like, damn, man, like, you know, we, we want to just do all YouTube, blah, blah, blah. So that's all I have to say. You guys check out the, the real world stuff if you like, but let's okay, get down to the, the basics on this stuff. So what have you done that has made money 
through the, the UGC that uh, gives you credibility to speak on it? So initially what I would do is I would go find brands online, right? And I would just make content. I would take their, I would rip their content from online and make it and post it. Sometimes I would send it to people. One of the, one of the best ways that I'm able to get things is actually making content for somebody and sending it to their marketing team. And then what they do is they come back to me and they tell me they like it or they say, that's really cool. And they go on about their way. But I'd probably, I don't know, 50 or 60 different brands, just various brands, some local businesses to my areas, and then some a little bit bigger that really got me uh, going and catapulting. One thing that I do because of, uh, I can give you everything, but the method that I do things and, and the way that I go about it is I, I keep my stuff private. I don't even actually post a portfolio like I recommend every UGC creator do that's not me. Post your portfolio online. If you've got little things around the house, just make a video of it and post it online. I don't do these things because I'm I'm sort of a different breed. I've got I'm into the web content, the creation, the cinematic, you know, videography, uh, the email copy and sequences. So I'm more of a a um, self-employed uh, agency. I contract out some things from guys from my campuses, but I I do that in an effort to to build my brand. I'm not worried about getting money today. But you got to, in the beginning, I definitely would make little videos of things around the house, post them mostly for practice. But everybody online wants to see your portfolio, wants to see your portfolio. My portfolio is usually just making content that they have and sending it to them. That's how I get brands. So, you know, local dentist office, you know, every restaurant in town, chiropractor offices was good. And something that I got into a while back was realtors. The real estate agents, I mean, you've seen the content for real. It's just terrible, man. <laughs> the newer guys, the younger people are doing great. So what I really started doing was going out and doing some drone footage and just some different type of shots for them. And what I wanted to really do, this didn't actually work out, but I, I had a family-owned real estate company and I was making content for the, the, the owner of it. She was a lady. She'd been doing real estate for 30 years, but her children were going to take over. So I was trying to get her to see that if we could film some content and make her an expert, do some podcast stuff like this, and then pull the feeds and make little clips of it and post it, she automatically becomes the expert, right? And then now people are kind of seeking and trying to get into, they want her company to sell the house, which builds the brand for her kids. Unfortunately, she wasn't into that. But for, for me, my thing is just always being cutting edge, taking my life experiences with my new learning experiences and meshing them all together to create something that people haven't seen. Uh, something I've been doing lately, I've, I've sort of stepped away a bit from going after people and I'm getting into the AI art sector, which is unbelievable. Okay, so how much money did you make out those 50 to 60 people? How many accepted them? How many didn't? Uh, what kind of content oh, were you no, 50 or 60 them? people that actually took the job. Like I actually did work for them. I had hundreds of people that I pitched in the beginning and didn't get any work from them for sure. Um, if, you can be, if you can be open about it, I'm really curious how much money you're making from it and what kind of content exactly you were I, I can actually tell you from the beginning to to like what I, what I look at now. Uh, in the beginning, I was I was hoping, I was hopeful. Like my set my goals low. I wanted to make $1,000 a month, which sounds like a lot sometimes, but it's really not because, you know, three or four, three or four jobs and, and you've made that. But it's really tough in the beginning. You're trying to build a brand. Nobody wants you because like I said, you don't have content, you don't have a following and people don't understand what UGC is. And I was out pitching UGC as opposed to video ads. Uh, I, I just, 
I wasn't informed enough back then. Uh, I learned really quickly that you need to say video ads, and then that helps them understand what you're actually talking about. Then you can go in into all the UGC data, which is honestly, there's really not a comparison between the traditional videos and the UGC videos. It's, it just really isn't. It's apples and oranges, man. So once you can get them to understand that, you will start to generate money. And you'll go from making a couple hundred bucks here and there, or 50 bucks here and there, or free actually is where it really starts, commission-based, hopefully. And now I'll charge, I mean, for one video, um, a traditional authentic review video that you're gonna put online that I'm gonna be authentic and everything, it's gonna be $1,000 per video. Uh, I do run a package where I'll give like, it's a total of 16 videos, but it's two bodies, uh, four hooks and two CTAs. Uh, and then those can be cut up. So I do that actually also for $1,000. Oddly, people choose the one video for $1,000 more than they do the other, which is like, I think nine fifty for that is all I charge. It's like a holiday bundle that I just kept running past Christmas. Um, okay, hold on. How long does it take you to make uh, that video? Are is, are they posting it? Are they put it on their website? Where's the value created for them? I mean, if your pages aren't that big with the socials, how are they justified with paying a thousand dollars for it? So, well, one, they're getting more and more content, right? So, the more content you know, this the more content you post online. Uh, and establish kind of your brand, your niche, whatever you're going for, the better it is. And the, and the more those platforms will start to push, the more they get out, right? I would say when you're building a brand, you tell your story. And especially with a personal brand, it's, oh, nobody wants to hear my story. It's stupid. Nobody cares, right? The only people that care are the ones that you need as a business person to be hearing that story, right? So if I'm telling a story about, um, you know, brain injuries, Nobody cares except people that are going through that or family members that have someone going through it, right? So then over time, that begins to, to generate a lot of content for yourself and people coming, commenting and, and getting to know you. That's when you start to monetize that. When you're, when I'm sending these packages to these companies, mostly they want to post on their own socials, mostly. Uh, a lot of times they'll also ask me to create their own, another website for them, right? And then start to, to, put that content in there as well. That's sort of the algorithm hack, right? If I've got 50 people with six accounts posting content six times a day, and it's basically the same content, it's gonna get out, right? Little changes here and there so that, so that the platforms recognize the difference, the computer programs, I hate the word algorithm, but the algorithm for lack of a better word, we'll, we'll start to see there's a difference, but something about this type of content's going out, and then it gets pushed out even more. And a lot of these brands are starting to get wise to that. And they're hiring, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60 creators to create 30 to 60 videos for a month and posting them all basically at the same time. Um, as a creator, personally, I really do a lot of research. I create a customer avatar. I ask, you know, who's my customer? I create a name, age, occupation, you know, all their demographics, right? And then I answer a whole series of questions uh, about you know, what's the pain point? What is the angle? What's, you know, and then I'll go into that Facebook ads library and things like this. I really, really try to make one video count like 60 videos for, for just somebody just creating videos because they're gonna make a few bucks. Is there a beeping going on in the background? No. No, oh, I'm hearing Definitely. something. Okay, hold Definitely. on. Let me, hop in. Let me hop in here though, quick. So are you using this real world or how are you getting 30 people to do these different uh, accounts for you? Is this in the package no, no. of 
$1,000 video? No, no, that's, so that's a brand. So I'll offer, I can do 16 videos really quickly, right? Um, and not really quickly, but quickly because I've got two bodies and four hooks and two CTAs. So I'm just making two videos and then I'm changing out these things that creates, you know, 16 videos, for example, on that particular thing. They can take that and do what they want with it, right? Or I can push it out or we can both do it. I can put it out and they can put it out. I like to put things out myself also because I like to run tests on my own stuff, right? I'll, I'll change descriptions and titles and all kinds of things. So they're getting free value just from me pushing out whether they want me to or not, right? I, I definitely check with them to make sure they're cool with it, which I mean, why wouldn't they be? But they're usually taking this, their marketing team, and they're taking it and then they're putting it out in whatever schedule they've decided to do. Um, when, when you talk about getting extra people, I, I recruit people out, right? I get my buddies from the courses and say, hey, you guys want to do these videos? I've got any five people to create 30 videos or whatever, and then they do it. Or they'll take my content and push that out on their own accounts, which is actually really the best way to do it. Okay. And they'll do it just for to do it, right? They'll do it just as a trial, like testing, because we're constantly learning and constantly evolving. Okay, I get this. Now run me through from start to finish that you're charging $1,000 for one video. So like, give me the game plan. Boom, I go to Google reviews. I look at people that don't, don't have much SEO. I try to contact them say, I'm gonna create this package for you. I charge $1,000 for a video, but here's my past results. Like, please run me through exactly what you can, the steps uh, of getting one video for $1,000 that you do right now. Yeah, so it's about conversions, right? So if you, I mean, there's a lot of steps to take. If you've got a good product, okay? If you've got a bad product, it's, it's not so easy, right? But if you've got a really good product and something that I personally believe in and I think will do really well, I could take that video or take content from your website and create a video. I can go into the Facebook ads library, for example, the TikTok ad library, find things that a competitor is doing. So for example, a fitness, at-home fitness, equipment, right? I will go into the, I will create my avatar first. You know, I've got, you know, Sean, he's a CEO of a company. He's, you know, 45. He makes a hundred thousand a year, college educated. He's likes fitness, but he can't do it uh, because of his job and he's too busy and he did commute back and forth to the gym. Great. I've got kind of the base, like what's, who's my customer? What are their pain points? And then the, the new product is going to be the solution, right? I go into Facebook ads, I go into TikTok ads, I'll find competitors that are creating videos similar to that, that are doing well, performing well. But you can't always see the exact metrics, but you've got a really good idea, right? You can take these videos and there may be something just- oh, Wait, time on, time on, time on, time on, time on. That avatar that you just created, you can go into the ad sections and find similar- uh, Targeting uh, that avatar. Person. And you can find videos. Really? I didn't know right. this. You can find that out. No, no. So I'm, I'm, I'm taking a customer, like a competitor, right? So I'm a fitness brand X, right? And my, I've got a competitor that's doing ads, ads on Facebook and TikTok. They're a competitor Y. I can go in there and search them and see what they're doing and see if those ads that they're using are successful and what's successful about them, what they're doing and start to locate the trends within. So I found one recently and it was, a, it was just a, it actually was a fitness brand. It was a short video, I think it was 20 seconds long. And the thing that was doing well was the, the text, man. It was black text with a white background. 
The sounds, everything was different. It was the black text and the white background. The product was okay, but the video was doing well. It was converting well. And for whatever reason, the, the hooks, the, the CTA, which wasn't even that strong, but it was the black text and the white background that, that seemed to be doing the trick. So we created a test and we made a video similar. I mean, we, we had an angle, a cost angle because our avatar was spending money on the gym and not going because of the commute, right? So we, we reduced the cost of the gym membership instead of just buy this little product. And now you can just do it from home, right? And it's easy to use and you can get fit. So their, their pains and their, their pain points and their roadblocks were gone, right? We eliminated costs, we eliminated the, the uh, going back and forth to the gym. And we created some different videos and tried some different things. And honestly, man, some things that I thought were gonna work didn't. It was, it came down to that one little thing, it was the text, how, where it was placed, and it's usually in a certain spot where we all see it, right? Where it was placed, but it was the black text with the white background. Now, when I say this, I don't want everybody to run out and start doing that, because it's not always the case. Sometimes it's, you know, it's a certain font or, or whatever, and it's different colored font, or you're doing new animated fonts. So but for us going in and doing the research, and that's for me where it's really important. That's why I charge so much is because I'm not just making a video. If you want me to make a video for you, I can do that. And, you know, I might just do it for you because I do free stuff all the time for brands that I want to work with. I just create content value. I creating my value prop for them, right? Giving something of them, giving something to them of value for free. And, and I do that. Yeah, so hold on, really that, awesome. that, that whole thing you just did right there. Did you do that before you signed the deal or you are, that was your, I almost, always, I almost always do it. Okay. So then you were going to say, Hey, I have all this information. This is what clicked. This is what worked. Now I'm going to send you this package of these videos and pay me a thousand dollars. Yeah. On a, on a really high level version of it. Yeah. I'll create some video for them and I'll send them some stuff, but I can't, I mean, if I give them a free video, that's going to yeah. convert, uh, you know, millions of dollars, I just gave away a lot of money for myself. Right now. I don't mind making a brand some money that only benefits me in the long run, right? They're going to hire me back because if I, if I generate a video for you and, and you suddenly make, you know, quarter of a million dollars over the course of six months in your small econ business, well, you, I mean, you don't have to call me, but you'd be stupid. But it's not just me, man. There's a lot of people that do this. In fact, I learned that technique. So uh, I love giving free value to people because again, it falls back to me and compassion for helping others succeed. I want everybody to be super rich and have all their dreams come true. If I can help that, I do. It's actually a weakness okay. of mine, honestly. Okay, so besides, uh, let's, let's talk about the normal person just starting out. How are they going to test that if it works or not? Because obviously you have connections or different accounts that you can see if it hits. So what if me, I make five random TikToks right now and I'm testing on there. How do I know which one blows up if I have no followers or whatnot? Like the algorithm, if one has 10 views, the rest have two, I use that 10 view one. Well, I mean, so that's like the secret thing, man, right? If you've got millions of followers, everything you have is going to do well because you've got millions of followers. If you've got 10 followers and you don't push it, like I don't share that stuff on my little test accounts. I don't share it to like friends or family or anything. I just put it out and see what it does. So if an account with zero gets three or 4,000 views, that's really good. But for a company, it's not necessarily views that I want unless I'm working on um, brand awareness, right? Which most of them don't want, they want conversions. So that's hard to do on just a personal account. 
but by looking at the metrics of that video, so if that video was, you know, 30 seconds long and it had a 98% retention rate or 130% retention rate, it got rewatched. That stuff like you could take back to a brand new show. Like, look, no, I don't have all these followers, but this video that I created for you was rewatched, you know, one and a half times. And it got the hook, it got the CTA, it got everything that we wanted them to see. They watched it on an account with, you know, 10 people that has that is in a page with a niche, right? It's just a random page with whatever I want to put on there, on there. So there's no audience really, right? It's just a video that does well. I have some videos out that I started doing um, personally, just a test personally. It wasn't even for brands. It is literally me doing this. It's all it is. And they get, you know, I've got a few of them on new YouTube accounts with no one watching, no subscribers, over 5,000 views in just you know, like two or three hours, right? With lots of comments and things. So man, it's sometimes it's timing, sometimes it's books, and I mean, it just depends. And I would take controversial things and I would take funny things and I would I would try that. It's like that Tommy Lamb thing, right? Where he just does some random thing and everybody thinks it's funny. I'm just doing this. And I get to comment for him sometimes because somebody will inevitably tell me to wipe that smirk off my face or something like that. And that's like, that's free money right there, man. If you can get somebody to comment like that and then go engage even from a separate account, um, that's even better. You can. That's really how that's how Andrew Tate blew up. He was so polarizing. You either loved him or you hated him. It's a, it's that's what the internet is nowadays. Uh, before we get into that fake or that that goofy reaction content versus the authentic <laughs> stuff, etc. Um, I want to make some comments there because, like you said, they care about conversions. These brands, not necessarily the views, the impressions, all that kind of stuff. Because, like I've learned living in the different third world places, third world social media doesn't fucking matter to a lot of people they're not spending money right even in brazil they have so many people with lots of followers or brands with lots of followers and they're barely scraping by right so that's a huge uh thing i've noticed um because i know a lot of these uh marketing agencies they get a bunch of indians and uh, south americans to subscribe or you know and they don't it, it'll never lead to money right so a lot of people need to realize that like uh the conversion and what kind of audiences it is might be more successful than just getting millions of views. Um, so that's what a person can do. They can go test these different things. They send the analytics to this company, the brand. They said, Hey, I got something that everyone watched the call to action. They, they, it was 90% of the video watch. I think it's going to do good for your product. You know, I'll give it to you for, you know, 50 bucks this time. Is that kind of like the package you put together to pitch the brands or what um, else is more? That's really that? more for my own education, right? I, 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 people do this. I have a lot, a lot of colleagues that do this, but really, if you want to build your own personal brand, do your thing, have a page with, like you do, have a page with your content, your stuff, your story on there. That's by far the fast track, right? It's the quickest way to be able to grow a following and develop a brand and start to monetize it. That's the quickest way. I'm so into the learning portion of it, man, and seeing how everything works and just, just how I am. So I've got all these things and I like to run these tests. When I pitch a brand, like I pitched a, a really big cell phone brand the other day, not Apple, okay? And I haven't heard back from this, it's just uh, like three days ago. I, I made a video using their content and I just sent it to them. And this is an absolutely usable video that they could totally use. Uh, I don't actually expect them to contact me, but they very well could. And if they do, we're gonna have a great deal for them. But I send them this video in hopes that they're gonna return with something. 
Because if I make you a video and you make some money off of it or your marketing team at this big firm really likes it, you're going to contact me. There's no reason not to because I've managed to put this together and you have been struggling with or not been able to, right? I look at like, uh, let's not go too much into this, but I look at Bud Light right now and the marketing campaign they recently had that cost them billions of dollars. And then the new ad they just put out made it even worse. Like, what are you doing? Like, like really look at your customers, see who they are, really try to connect with them. And if, if big brands lose sight of that, there's a lot of guys on Twitter right now where big brands even are calling out to them, offering them these, you know, I need 60 videos, I'll pay you $50 because you're not really doing anything. That's not true. In, in a female dominated uh, area like UGC content creation, video content creation, they, these ladies and, and, my, and the guys too, that we're working super, super, duper hard because there's so much competition within our little space that there's plenty of room for all of us, right? But these brands will come in and they'll offer pay almost nothing. And some of them jump all over that. But these people work, man, especially in the beginning. I can pump out a video pretty quick, but some people, it might take two days to just get one video out because they're, they're so worried about the perfection of the video they lose sight of the hook, which, you know, you've got one to two seconds. You've really got about one second to a half a second, right, to catch their attention with the hook or in, in the content, right? The, the video has to be engaging itself. Then the body's got to also create some more curiosity. And then even the CTA creating curiosity, right? You have to think about this stuff. There's so much data out there now, like in the ads libraries. It's so beneficial, but not everybody even knows about that stuff. And they don't even go... They don't even know where to start, right? So newer people out there are going, going out there and doing that. Yeah, I definitely need to learn more about what you're talking about with the, the ad space and seeing all the details. But that is definitely where um, I struggle is creating freaking dopamine crack. What is all the <laughs> algorithms seem to like first creating like art or creativity that I find like uh, enjoyable uh, to make. But hold on. But you have I, it. I want you have it like you have it like on your instagram your instagram page is amazing i told you I it. It, it's great you found all the content you could possibly need for that dopamine hit man um but i was gonna say though so you kind of brought it up you're pitching the cell phone thing so tell me okay someone that has not been doing it like you for a little bit that's you know a month or two into this or just wants to start exactly what i should do to pitch the local brand by me or something and the portfolio or I should send to them. Can you give me like practicality of I could do this right now? Yeah. I say the, the easiest way to pitch a brand, right. Is to go and create content for that brand. If it's a, a local gym or a local jujitsu studio or a local restaurant, it, it, especially if it's somebody that you know that you frequent, just go make content for them and go give it to them. Like make a real video, a real review video. It is going to benefit them so much. It does so many things. It gives you an opportunity to actually create something, actually have something online, right? It gives your, your place that you're doing it for, that you probably have a connection with if it's a local business, it gives them something of value for free. When that converts for them, they're going to call you back, right? If it doesn't convert for them, you can show other people and begin to build that brand, right? So the quickest way by far is to go out locally, talk to like some realtors, which honestly, nobody does this, man. That's probably 
one of the easiest ways to do is go out to real estate. Well, agents they're starting and, and I, yeah. I can, my bad, my bad. They're starting because I definitely, uh, I help out. I'm in real estate and I help out some agents and I see the the messages that start pouring in like, oh, I'm a, a full marketing agency and some dude who's 20 years old. I'm like, oh, really? Show me some stuff. Email this email, et cetera, et cetera. And I guarantee you this is getting pushed in the real world right now because it looks like the exact type of person. Because it's true, though. There's a lot of agents because in real estate, you don't necessarily want to sell your biggest uh, uh, asset from from young realtors, 25 years old, right? You want the guy with the experience, right? The 50-year-old, 45-year-old that's been in the game. And of course, those dudes don't know technology that well, right? They're dudes that used to go in the MLS books and then before MLS was a website or it, was, it wasn't called MLS books. There's a different uh, name for it. And, um, you know, they, they've had to adapt over the years. And so if you get to those guys who are making, you know, $500,000 a year, a million, you know, whatnot, and have no content, oh, you can make a killing. And I've seen this, Many times with the agents I help out that they, they come at them like sharks. It's funny. My bad. I cut you off. No, it's good. I mean, think about just, I don't know how long has it been since you've been back in the States, but just like an oil change place. Like you can go, there's, there's, you know, just on this street right here by my mom and dad's house, man, there's 15 oil change places within seven miles. So there's a lot of competition. So if I was to go into one that I really liked and just create content for them and give it to them, even if even if they don't pay me, but they use it, other people see it, right? If they're suddenly getting busy, they're going to ask for more content. And if they don't, that's cool, man. I put something out there. I've helped another business. That'll come back to me. But, but the easiest by far is to just go do that. Make content for things that you know, things, people that you know in your area, things that you like. And you really need to practice because it's not easy to get on camera that first time. People have that that's what, I, what we call a sing-song voice, right? Like, oh, I found this thing. Come get ready. It's, it's all the same thing. And it's just, it gets washed. That's why I think the authenticity is so good and so important. I mean, if you'll think, and you've probably seen it this, la this last week, think about the airlines. When people do a negative review on an airline, it, 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 you'll have somebody with 300 followers that ends up with 30,000 followers because of this negative re review, which resonates three times as much as a positive review. Because if you're selling me a negative, re negative review, I know you're not selling me anything, so I'm all in on this. You know sounds, no, no text, no trending anything, no templates, no cap, nothing, no, just raw video, <clears throat> excuse me, raw video. And these things blow up because of the authenticity, right? So if you're in your local area and you're filming content, it, it, you can't help but like have an attachment to that. And that always shows out on, on camera. And people really love that, right? When you're doing that fake sales stuff, we there's too much of it. So we sniff it out immediately. And I just scroll. Some of the best people, uh, podcasters are really good at it. Uh, vloggers do it. They get, they get ready with me thing in the morning. And they're just talking about their day or their morning. But there's some product placement. God, I love this lipstick that I got from whatever place, right? Oh, my bad. I usually I do this. It's like, okay, when you finish, yeah, you sentence, I'm gonna hop in. <laughs> you do. So anyway, I just think that authenticity is where it's at, man. And if you if you do that and you learn that, you're gonna convert ten times more than everybody else. Even even with the other tools like the ads library and the TikTok library, you can make videos that work, man. I mean, anybody can if you just know the steps to do. They don't have to be super edited. Honestly, I'm getting tired of the over-editing, really, the, all the transitions. And I, and I understand the psychological point to it, but I don't want to have psychological games played on me when I'm 
looking at videos. Personally, I don't even like social media that much, but because of what I do, I've got to be on it. And it's helpful for creation and learning things and seeing things other people are doing. I, I, that's great. But the, the, the part of me that really doesn't like this UGC world that's morphing into a video ad world is because it's all about the money, uh, which is great, but just create content. The money is going to come, right? So when you're going out and you're like, oh, let's do this. How do I do it? Just go start creating content. It's gonna, it'll, it'll flow into you eventually. I got a lot of notes here. Okay, for one, I think this is why. Well, Rogan's probably the biggest listened to person in the world because podcasting, when you're authentic too, it creates a different kind of relationship. You gotta imagine some people, you know, they had this in their ear for two hours, and how can your brain differentiate between? that conversation and you have it in person with someone, right? So yeah. it's like they're, you develop with that person, you understand them, you hear their most like inner thoughts when it's authentic. And, you know, I love this about podcasting. You can have a two hour conversation, you know, about something and it can reach thousands of years, right? Instead of having yeah. that same two hour conversation with a thousand of people, you know what I mean? That it would take forever, right? So I think the authentic is why a dude like Rogan is so big is why podcasting is blowing up. Obviously the pandemic caused a lot of that with the, the podcasting space, but uh, okay, hold on. I got a lot of points here. Cause you were going, you know, in. I do. I great. told you the other day I go a million miles an hour, right? <laughs> no, you're speaking great. It's, it's a lot of information. Um, I think you reminded me of the airline stuff. Ryanair does it so good because they make fun of themselves and uh, be like, someone's like, uh, they take all the bad content about them. Be like, okay, can you find a ten-year-old flight anywhere else? Okay, you'll still book with us. I know next time you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna go to Mykonos on the Ryanair. You're not gonna spend an extra two hundred dollars. So I love what they do. They're, they're they got a good social media team. Um, I, I, okay. I I think that about the airlines all the time, man. Like they're missing out. But this is the same way. But like when you have a negative review, the best thing you can do is own it. Right. Double down. Own it. Own it. Like make fun of yourself, like you said, uh, or fix the problem publicly. If they're going to post it publicly, fix it publicly too. That's okay. I, I'd be okay with that as a consumer, right? But I see them ignoring it all the time. And I, I've actually been really uh, trying to go after one certain airlines lately because I see not a ton of negative reviews. And it's a it's a European airline, right? It's it's actually one of the top airlines right now. If you know who I'm talking about, I just Easy don't. Jet was there. No, it's a bit, it's, it's uh, Turkish actually, Turkish Airlines. And so I, I flew them last year for the very first time. We went to uh, Istanbul and then came back. And while the airport's a little rough, there's an awful lot of security there. I really liked the, uh, the whole thing the airline had going on. I had a good experience, right? That was just me. But I'll see them posting stuff now for their new ads. And then a lot of people will shoot off on the replies on Twitter about, you know, you lost my luggage in 60 days. And I see the same people doing it, which tells me that the airline isn't owning it and they're not fixing the problem. They're just giving the same old, oh yeah, we're working really hard, we've escalated it. But after three months, just pay me for my stuff. And own it, apologize, say I did it, and pay me, right? So they're just missing out on a big opportunity. And that's another thing we talk about going after brands, especially bigger brands, if you can create a video showing them how that, how that can play out for them, how that works for them, man, I mean, you've really got, you've really got onto something there. I'm curious though. So like the Trump playbook, doubling down on everything and, and never apologizing. 
how does that go in with what you just said with the, the Bud Light? So Bud Light doubled down on again. They did another weird ad. I didn't see it. They um, tried to, man, they, they, it's not that they, it's almost like they were trying to apologize, but. Oh, okay. So they have an really, ad, yes. They made fun of their target market as opposed to making fun of themselves. And they, they completely missed, I mean, it, it was bad. It's all over YouTube and stuff. It is just was like a week and a half ago. It's. Well, how it's dumb do you need to be being Bud freaking light? Who drinks Bud Light, for God's sakes? Not no, the nobody. LGBTQT people, not they the don't even do it college kids. It's, it's horseshit. Nobody. Yeah. But uh, um, hold on. Okay. I, I mean, Kid Rock here. bailed on him, man. Kid Rock. He bailed on yeah. Bud Light. Like, come on, guys. <laughs> you, you talked about Istanbul. Have you seen uh, Midnight Express, the Oliver Stone movie? Um, not all of it. I've seen part of it. That's I, I love I love it there. Like I really like it there a lot. I, I have not explored enough of that country. But we plan on it this next year for sure. Yeah, obviously the the movie got like extreme hate from Turkey because it you know, didn't make it look you know kind of bad. It was like nineteen seventies or whatnot. But fantastic movie for anyone. Like uh, getting locked up abroad. A kid tried bringing home like uh, two kilos of, of hash, <laughs> and it's freaking unreal movie. I think uh, everyone should watch it. It's not. It was based on a true story, obviously exaggerated in some parts and whatnot, but freaking beautiful movie. I think I like Stone. He's a little cuckoo, but he's made some beautiful movies. Um, and nobody wants on. to be in a Turkish prison, so. No, no. <laughs> um, I actually met a dude in Zurich. Long story. He's a Danish dude in Zurich in a hostel, and uh, he had spent time in a Thai prison. He told me all about the Thai prison, and I've heard about that before. It's, it's horseshit, but the stories he was telling me, I was like, you know, he had teeth missing and he smoked cigarettes. He's like 70 years old. I mean, the wildest shit I've heard. But uh, foreign prisons, I definitely you'd want to get locked up. Actually, Scandinavia. If you're locked up in Scandinavia, you get a little hotel room, a little PlayStation, a pool, a kuna matata. But nice. hold on. Hold on, boss. Okay, I got some points here. Let me go through it and then, you know, you hit it. Um, okay, so I want you to talk what you said about the oil companies, you know, nearby the gas stations. I want you to... Take me through being someone that's just starting out or, or new to this and how they would go about pitching to them and, and doing content, et cetera. And then I need to know, can we do this without our face? Because a lot of people have the problem with, you know, putting their face out there. What can those kind of people do to maybe get their foot wet uh, without having to show their face? So okay, we'll take it in two parts, right? We'll do the how to go about just creating content for, for a particular local business or a brand. If they've got content online, take it and and switch it up. Like we talked about the real estate earlier, oil places will do the same thing. I took a, a real estate video that someone had posted and just redid that particular video. And you can do that for anything, really. Uh, if the content is sort of decent and you're any good at editing, you could chop things up, chop them into short. It doesn't have to be even 30 seconds. It could be 10 seconds. People can see, like the brand can see all they need to see in that amount of time, right? If they're hooked in, if they're watching it, they can get a general idea of what you got going on. If you go to a, get your car, uh, go to take your car to get your oil changed at a place, you probably know these guys. Talk to the manager, man. Just see if he's okay with you even practicing. Hey, I want to practice doing this. I'll give you the content after you can do what you want with it. And then go do that, man. Film around. For this, you don't need your face at all. You can film around the building, inside, going in the base, taking it down, just doing different things that you've probably learned uh, through 
you know, in a class or just, you know, watching YouTube videos, um, how to, how to what, go. What would this. you do? I want you to exactly tell me what you would do as a beginner. You go well, to the toilet. I would, do. I would talk. Do I say, oh, wow, well, the, the toilet, the toilet's actually clean. Maybe you should go here. No, I would <laughs> definitely, definitely show. I mean, it's an oil change place, right? So it's not super easy. There's nothing really sexy about an oil change place. But there can be if you create, I would create like a cinematic style video and probably walk myself through as I was driving, right? So I would take my camera and go through the bay and have the guy come out and look, you know, how they how they guide you in. They're like, oh, a little over here, a little over there, pull you in and stop you. And then, you know, continuing to roll the footage so you can get some B-roll, have them talk to you a little bit. Maybe they say something good or you say something funny that can engage the audience a little further. And then literally sit there as you are a car over this bay and have them work through it. Like work through, like they're changing the oil in a car, but it's just you filming this. It's all cinematic, right? And then you can, of course, film, you know, back, have a back out shot where there's actually a car there and just create something that's engaging that kind of shows these guys working hard. Even, you know, if you've got a heat wave going on, man, maybe you film it during that where you can show these guys really putting in work even during this time or when it's freezing cold. Nobody else is out working, but these guys never stop, man. And they're always there for you because these are local businesses, right? And local businesses, if you've got a community around, like of houses around this local business, and they always know you're there, they know your name, like a, like a local coffee shop, man. Everybody knows who you are. When you go into an oil change place, which again, there's nothing great about that. You go every few months, but when you see them over the course of several years living there, Hey, how you doing? They've got you in their database already. They know who you are the last time you were there. So there is a connection. They just don't tend to make it. So as a UGC creator, I would go in and try to make that connection um, and, and show them how I could take a video of them doing something that really nobody thinks much about, something they have to do, not something that they want to do, right? And create a video that's so engaging and so captivating, it makes people actually want to go get their oil changed at 3,000 miles or even earlier, just because they want to experience what, what we experienced in the video, right? Putting together training sounds and maybe some, you know, talking like some text across the screen and, and just give it to them, man. Create it, edit it, chop it up and give it to them. That's honestly what I would do. I may actually go do that. It actually sounds like a fun project. Challenging for sure, being a oil change place. But you and could do the whole thing. Oh, my bad, come on a little closer to the, the thing again. Sorry, you got me? Yeah, no, that was that was really good. And especially you said you're in Texas too, like yeah. small business, you know, being a patriot, adding that kind of feel in there, you know, sure. like I want to support these guys. Everyone loves that shit, right? And it's fourth of July right now, right? So this would have been a great weekend to have some content put out. You know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the fourth is Tuesday. So you've got several days. People are all off. So you could really have taken advantage of that and really done something for your business this weekend when you probably weren't expecting to make anything. Well, especially too with like oil changes, there's memes going around like, you know, a girl goes to oil change and they charge $500 for it, right? And you show yeah. these people are trustworthy, they're for the community, yeah, you know, you're giving back, boom, that's kind of the, the idea. So, um, what, I mean, for more of a, a liberal type city, you know, open it up, have some rainbows in there, uh, in, exclusive, inclusive to everyone, blase, blase. So just, you know, look at your area, right? You know, figure out kind of, you know, what hits, what doesn't hit and play with that. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, I think like when going back to that whole community, you know, the grocery store, it, a little different story because it's a chain, but if you got a local market, those work, it would work really well. The, you know, a local coffee shop that's not necessarily Starbucks, uh, local businesses in your, like here where, where I'm at, there's like a, an old historical downtown square. There's lots of businesses there and that downtown, like the whole community rallies around that downtown uh, the last probably 10 years here. And there's businesses that come and go. And so going in there and creating content for those local businesses that resonate locally, right? I'm not trying to sell an, you know, sell my restaurant to somebody in California. I'm trying to sell it to somebody local. And you know, then you can post those as the Facebook and, and your own social media with your local audience, target them, retarget people, send that out in your newsletter, send that out. I mean, there's just so many ways you could do it, man. It's almost limitless. And then like your example you just did, you could have done that without the face the whole time. The whole focus was on, you know, the gas station. Exactly. So that's why I kind of want to get into that part too, is for people that are, you know, camera shy and, and whatnot. So what other ideas are possible for without a face? What would you suggest, start out with, et cetera? So there's the first person perspective, like what I just described, right? It's like the camera is my eyes. I'm going into a restaurant, I'm sitting down, I'm, ta you know, I'm talking to the waiter, I'm ordering my food, I'm doing all of these things. So the camera is me looking, right? And if I can talk on camera, if I'm comfortable with that, then great. If I'm not, I can upload a, a um, text-to-speech voice from TikTok. I mean, all the platforms have them pretty much now. And if not, you can go online and there's, I mean, limitless tools. I couldn't even begin to name them all um, and create a text-to-speech text voice that just talks for you. I mean, that's super easy to do. If you don't want to do that, you can just go out and just create some type of uh, video, maybe like we talked about that real estate video that I, I ripped off uh, a realtor's website and just created that video. I took it and I just created a more cinematic look that had more dramatic impact through some some uh, different sound on there that was more of a, uh, a dramatic sound. I made this video that was just very boring and very blasé into something really captivating. It actually looked like a movie when you watched it as opposed to a real estate thing, which kept people watching, right? Um, and that needed no voice. That had no voice on it whatsoever. It didn't even have, uh, actually it had a little text across the screen in the very beginning. It was just all video. The point of doing that is to generate comments, people reaching out to them on their own, right? So I don't have enough information, but I created enough curiosity in my content that I want to reach out. So there's that. And then what I really, what I said earlier, I really recommend is getting into the AI uh, artwork section. You can do that. I mean, you can create so much. And I'm not talking about a deep fake where you've got an image that looks like me, the lips are moving and maybe you mimic my voice or I can even do one mimicking your voice with AI technology, right? So there's that, but then I can just create an AI image of a random person. It's not even a real person. And then just do like voiceovers and just overlay these images throughout with the proper music and just create like an entire, you know, montage of captivating content for something. A lot of times you see this on like a motivation video. Those are really popular with those right now. Uh, where they've got just different, you know, aspects or videos, but they're all AI art. And they're really, really cool. And even the voiceover is AI. So, yeah, you definitely don't need to be on camera. don't need to even talk. I hate the way I look and sound on camera, but I'm comfortable with it. So I do it because ultimately with, with authentic content, 
it's going to be better, right? Yeah, yeah. Face like faceless YouTube channels are becoming the norm with like motivational quotes and you know AI generated backgrounds. It's uh, it's pretty fascinating. Anyone that needs to learn more about AI, talk uh, to Riley, uh, the bookman. Well, now he's Riley AI. We had him on a couple of years ago twice. Very intelligent dude. He made a lot of money off uh, taking free books from people and selling them online through Amazon. And now um, the dude, uh, he killed it in the metaverse with the, the Wilder. And of course, when the AI came about, this dude blew up on TikTok. So Riley Brown, check out uh, our past episodes with him. He's he's legit when it comes to it. I've used uh, Dream Studio. I forgot who they're associated with for some AI stuff. It's not bad. Obviously, there's Mid Journey, um, different things like that. Um, hold on one second. Uh, what I was going to say is, so people starting out, how simple that was, right? So go find a competitor of a, a local business or some sort of business anywhere in the world, see what kind of content they're making then go to that place and, and mimic it basically, right? If that's if that's how you want to start, then add your own creativity, originality into it. But I mean, what you just did was pretty simple. You go to the, the gas station and say, hey, look, you know, I'm starting out here. I want I like to create, you know, let me just get some shots here. I'm going to make something for free, send it to you if you like it. Beautiful. If you don't, you don't. Akuna Matata. But it didn't seem too complicated for what, what you just explained. And this is why I want to ask you, though, because you brought up the editing and the tools and everything is online for free. OK, so people can learn this if they really want. But what are your uh, top uh, tips for this websites, tools that you use that can help someone that, let's say, knows nothing about it that can you know learn it in a week? And don't say real world. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, it would take longer than a week probably to learn editing. So I use uh, Adobe Premiere Pro. That's not something that a beginner would want to use for sure. Um, I've taken hours upon hours of classes to learn that. And I'm still not perfect at it, but just, you know, it, it's it's the cream of the crop for editing, really. But CapCut is really, really good, too. And that's really easy. It's super user friendly. They've got a mobile app and then they've got the one on the desktop. And CapCut Cap really works well. They've got templates. They've got a lot of training things and they've got a ton of educational resources inside of CapCut. They can help you, I mean, from everything from editing to promoting your content and learning how to reach out to people. Uh, Canva as well. Uh, I like Canva. I use Canva a lot. But if I'm editing a video uh, on the fly, like on my phone really quick out in the field, I, I'll just throw it on CapCut and it takes me two seconds, man. The thing about CapCut is it's there are limitations why like Premiere Pro is better, right? You can, you can drill down way further with Premiere Pro and just there's a lot more options and colorization and editing but CapCut's super easy and then honestly a lot of people use CapCut and it works just fine but dude even what you said with the oil station and the local cafe you could literally take a five second video of a nice cappuccino with a cute little design on there and say i love supporting small business with some trendy song in the background and give it to that cafe right so people like super you don't easy. like all this editing stuff which i've finally gotten used to learning and, and doing before I used to have dudes that helped out with do because I'm like, no, it's too complicated. It's fuck. It's really easy if you just sit down and do it and look on YouTube for a little bit. But yeah. even if you don't, the oil thing you talked about, obviously making it more cinematic, you know, is a, a little more time consuming. But, you know, POV, you go to your, your local station and you're greeted by friendly George and, you know, Bob and and the LOL, they don't overcharge you the memes or whatever. Like you can do this and literally 30 minutes, 
you know, recording it in 10, editing it in another 10 and boom, put it out there. And that's the biggest thing I, I tell people when it comes to uh, uh, putting stuff out on the internet or creating anything is just fucking do it, right? Because obviously the start, it's never going to be that good. You know, you might get a little, you know, chirped at or whatnot, but you learn from it, right? And you just keep putting it out there and, and, and it goes. But everyone is so afraid to start. You know, that's the, that's the whole thing. I mean, we do it all the time, right? Like how many people you see at a restaurant take a snapshot of their food? That's content creation. If you take that, some people do it. You take it and post it online and tag the restaurant. That's UGC content creation. Like that's like the beginning of it, right? It's probably some of the first user generated content creation. I take a picture, a bad picture, probably straight over the top of my food. And I maybe do some filtering or, you know, with native, with an Instagram or whatever. And then I post it. And then most people will be saying, oh, nobody cares about what you eat, except for literally every person that's looking for something to eat in that area and that type of food that day. Everybody wants to see what you actually had. So it, everybody's been doing this for a long time. They just don't really know that they're doing it. So people that have been posting pictures of their food for two years, you could have been monetizing this by now and probably making a ton of money doing it, right? So- in, You're in right. two months, just, do it. just get out and do it. I, I saw something about uh, a local business um, getting a ton more uh, business themselves by doing the local expert thing on Google reviews, right? So a real estate agent, this is very good for real estate agents. You review everything in the local area. Also, before you know it, anytime anyone clicks on, over these things, they see John Smith, real estate agent at the top of it, right? Local expert, boom. Oh, next time I'm thinking about a house. Oh, I remember that guy, John Smith, right? I did this for two months for Bull Perceptions. Obviously around the world, so I got a lot of different photos. And I had like a million uh, photo views in two months. Freaking crazy, right? And yeah, Google's uh, crazy like that. Yeah, 100%. Okay, so I got some more stuff. You got some time here? I want to keep going because I want you to help me out too, right? Yeah, man, I'm, 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 me and you hanging out. We'd be here five hours if you want to be. Beautiful. All right. Um, so the big thing, right? Um, well, one, so my buddy who used to help on the podcast, uh, he started uh, an application called uh, T-Box, uh, a golf Tinder type thing that uh, oh, cool. matches people and yeah, doing very well. And he mastered the socials. He blew up their TikTok. He blew up the social media but he was taking trends. He was doing that little Snapchat bar. He was making content that looked like it was uh, real, but it's all staged, right? Like, what is this dude doing? Like, you know, stuff that blows up, right? And um, it's funny because a lot of people take his content now, golf pages, and repost it, which is horseshit. This is all the top pages do. Barstool, ESPN, everyone yep. copies everyone's content now. It just says, mm -hmm. oh, credit is uh, this person way at the bottom, which is BS. But um what I, what I want to talk about is that. So he tried doing that for this bold perceptions and, and making that when we were starting off and maybe I should have let him, you know, roll with it. But I have a very hard time, especially with my name and my face is behind it to just put out horseshit or follow trends, especially with my stuff's about living bold. You know, it's not about, you know, following the herd and, and so forth. So how do I balance getting my message out? Cause I need to get it out. Cause I know there's a lot of people out there that haven't heard it that would love it. Right. But without selling my soul. So that, that's something for me when I first got into this, man, I had a very hard time because you're pushing, I need to make money. I want to go make some money going out, going out. So you'll, people will take on anything. And I felt really uncomfortable selling something 
to people, to followers or anybody that I didn't actually personally believe in. So I took a stand really early on to say, if I don't like the product or I would never use it, then I just won't make a video. So if, you know, if I'm taking a, a, a supplement, for example, and, and it gives me problems, I'll, I'll respectfully contact the, the brand again and tell them, look, this didn't work for me. I'm not going to put out a review because I can't give you that authentic positive review for me. I'm not saying it's bad for everybody, but for me personally, and if I'm lying, it's going to come across, right? It's definitely going to come across because I'm trying so hard to, I want you to understand what I'm feeling and I'm trying to create a feeling between us. Like when I talk about uh, Italy, for example, I, I could sell Italy like no one else because I love it so, so much. And people like they don't like. The don't get me started. Don't get me started on Italy. Right? Like, they, you can't even understand. Like I can't eat box pasta here in the States, like at all. I don't and, eat Italian outside of Italy. Nothing no, compares. It's, it's impossible. But like you see like this thing that we've got going right now, like it's it, it's resonated instantly with us. Just just that one little thing. So and you can see like everything on my face changes the expression. I'm getting chills at my back even thinking about it because I'm ready to go back home. But we, when I'm not selling you something that I really firmly believe in, you could tell. I'll use that sing song you voice. Or if you send me something for free, like a new bed, it's like, I just got this new bed and it's the best bed ever. And I lay it on it. I get the best night's sleep. Well, well, that's not true. Like you could tell it's not true in my voice, right? I'm just trying to sell you something. And, and beds are expensive, right? You know, if I'm trying to sell you a thousand dollar bed and you're, you're taking my word for it. I, I, I got a really, a real moral dilemma with that. So I personally can't do it. I think if you do right and you do well for people and you, and you try to always put out positive energy, that's going to come back to you every time. Same with negative. If you put out negative stuff, that's also going to come back to you. It's just the way things work. So I, I refuse to do anything that I don't firmly believe in. Right. Okay. I should have made this more clear. Um, I think there's a difference between a personal brand and, you know, pitching to small businesses, making the POVs or cafe thing without your face or even your face. If you like it, right. You can follow the trends to get engagement. Now I'm talking with me, right. I don't want to do copy everyone's little, okay. Use two seconds here, one and a half here, but this, this, uh, song, the trending song, like I want to create what I feel without copying these formulas. So how do I balance between like my personal brand, my face, my message, and also being like, damn, you know, this would reach a bigger audience that, that people want to hear it. And, you know, I can convert them or whatever. Right. So I think do you, do you understand the difference. I think so. I, I personally like your content. So this is, I may be a little bit biased on this. Right. And, and we just met recently, right. I just started looking at your stuff and I think that I've got such a passion for travel that that's why your content resonated with me. You've been to a lot of places, some places that people don't recommend you go because here in the States, everywhere is the most dangerous place on earth, right? Um, and yeah, you understand. And when I, people always ask me, is it safe to do this or that? I tell them um, I feel safer there than I do in my you know, nice little bubble here. So your content really does resonate. I think for you, it's a matter of getting your users like you're the people that actually engage in your content to share that content, right? 
So for me, like that, that's the thing though. That's the thing though, too. It's like I'm a type of dude that's like, look, I'm putting my art out there. You do what you want with it. I'm not gonna beg you to view it, to like it, to do any of that kind of shit. That I feel that's geeky. Like when I see someone, <laughs> maybe, maybe I don't. Maybe it's subconsciously, maybe it's not when, you know, the YouTubers like, hey, you know, make sure you like and subscribe on their intro and all that kind of stuff. But I don't know, like I, I, I view like uh, the Anthony Bourdain's or even like a bald and bankrupt. Maybe he did that in the past, but they're they're just real. They're just, hey, this is what's up. This is what's going on. I'm not being a, a freaking social media uh, jerk off and selling my soul up. You know what I mean? So but here's the problem. So like. But I need to reach it to people like you. And how do you do that? You have to hit the algorithm so they see it. And then they go in there and they like it. So that's the freaking balance that's always hard. Like, where where is it, you know? I think it's who you engage with too, right? Like, I, I love your content. So I may, I, I like to post a story you did today on Instagram. I, I liked it, right? So that's good. But if I was to take some of your content and create it and put it out there, it's not for me, right? I'm tagging you. It's for you. Even if it's, you know, I do it just because I like it. People do this all the time on TikTok stitch, right? I could take a TikTok video that you do and put a stitch. That same thing where you've got me doing this thing, some stupid comment somebody makes or some stupid thing that they do. I would flip that for you. Maybe I'm doing this or I'm, I'm engaging with that particular content. Like you're off in Italy saying something about a cafe. Maybe I've been to that cafe. And I go to that cafe and say, you know, in my stitch, like, man, guys, this guy knows exactly what he's talking about. So like, I create that. I'm doing it for you in a way, right? But I'm not charging you for it because I believe in what you're doing. And man, that's, that's where everything changes. And that's the thing with UGC too. If you've got people that really like your content resonates with, then they will push it out for you. You don't have to do anything, right? Uh, so and how do you get those people to do that without not, being like, hey, I want you to do it, or here's here's a thousand dollars? Now you can ask them too, right? Like, I love this cafe. What do you think about Italy? You didn't ask them to do anything, except you did. You asked them to create a comment, and then you, as somebody, keeps engaging with that content. You get too big, then you have people that help you engage with that content, right? None of this chat GPT stuff, right? I love AI and I talk about it a lot, but there, it has a really huge problem being human and creating that human touch. And that's where I think somebody like you who's, who's been doing this for a while is really good at it, has great content. You're still like, you're, you're attainable. I can't call Joe Rogan on the phone and, you know, just have a conversation with him. Or I can shoot you a DM and you'll reply to me, you know, based on whatever time differences we're on, you'll, you'll get back to me. So you're touchable, right? Um, years ago, uh, we won't get into this too much, but uh, I've got triplets and my, my first wife, uh, my daughter and my triplets were on a reality show. It was, it didn't last long because like, you know, we're not those people that sell our soul. Right. But what, what we were doing is we were on Twitter just because wait, wait, time time we, you're not the people that sell your soul, but you were on a reality show. How did you sign up for that? Well, they found us, right. They found us and they wanted us to do all the staged stuff. You know, reality is reality to me, right? It's like what you and I are doing. You know, where there, there may be an outline and you've got all these questions, but I'm just talking. You told me what to say or anything. With them, they'll have you redo something or they kind of put you in situations. And, and there was uh, six couples, I think it was six couples on the show, and they would try to create drama. I understand now that makes for good TV, but these were people that we communicate with a lot. They were friends of ours. So we, none of us were willing to do that stuff. That's one of the reasons that really didn't last. We weren't engaging enough 
uh, as a television show and we weren't going to sell our soul out for a few dollars. Uh, but, uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Oh, we were on Twitter and people would interact with us. And some of like, so I'd respond, we would all respond to these people because they're watching us on TV and they didn't think we would respond, but we would have conversations with them, right? And that was really uh, cool for them. Like, you know, because they're seeing you here and they, they like whatever you're talking about or doing, and you're actually having a conversation with them. And that would act, that can actually, for you especially, really drive your engagement with your audience to push out to other people. Even, you know, me commenting on a post that you do and you commenting, I might screenshot that post and send it out to my friends on Facebook because like, man, this dude, you know, he's helping me out or I'm taking a trip to Brazil in the area that you happen to be in. Maybe you're creating, uh, you're giving me tips or on your website, every different country you go to, you've created like a little newsletter for that country, for that area of cafes that you recommend that you like. This is all ways to monetize without actually asking people, right? So they sign up for your newsletter, which you should have a newsletter that goes out all the time. This is ways for people to engage with you. That audience. I did do that. I did do that. I did do the, my bad for cutting you off, the newsletter like two years ago. And it was decent through, what was it, Monkey something? Fuck, I forgot uh, that. Uh, MailChimp. MailChimp, yeah. And uh, it was good. You can see kind of some statistics and you can put links in there and et cetera. Um, but I don't know. I just stopped uh, doing that. So the newsletter, I, I see that all the time. People are like, oh, subscribe to my newsletter. It's, it's the newest, biggest thing going on now or what? No, I mean, it's been going on for a while, but if like, and people know, sell, people sell their, their mailing list too. They do. And I'm definitely against yeah. that. Like, I'm, I'm highly against that. I know it's a huge market. You can buy email lists from companies. Uh, that's an easy way to outreach to, to businesses, but it's just, I mean, it's frowned upon a lot. I mean, you saw Twitter this, this week, you know, people scraping the data and they had to shut down, you know, limit your views. I mean, that was to keep, the bots from scraping the data of stealing information, contact information and stuff for that. With the newsletter for you, you've got good stuff to offer people. If I'm traveling, especially if I'm traveling to like random places, Cambodia, places like this, you've got information available that you can give that's valuable to me, man. And so I may not, you may not have to sell it to me, you're just offering it as that free value proposition. Then maybe you're an affiliate with a hotel. Right. And that's not selling your soul, man. You're like, hey, this is a hotel. I'm putting my name on it because I really like it. And I want my my people that follow me and engage in my content to have a safe place to stay, have a place they know that I stayed at that, that they can trust. In foreign countries, people go to resorts from here, the States, right? And they stay at the resort and they never leave. Whereas you don't do that. You're like me. You engage with the local culture. And I think if people would do that, they would really find uh, traveling to other countries so much more unbelievable than they currently do you go to mexico and stay in a resort that's not mexico that's i can go to a resort here right i want to go to mexico eat the food meet the people belize you know guatemala nicaragua just wherever i'm going but if i've got a guy like you who i trust who's got this information available why not just come to the to somebody that i trust right people ask me about traveling to europe all the time that are like my family family members because they trust me if, if I was putting out an email letter, they'd just check that out or, you know, contact me, DM me. You can do these things. I mean, you have so much to offer and shocks you haven't figured it out because you're such a bright guy. <laughs> well, I did it with uh, recently with the, with the Gdansk um, uh, Airbnb. Like I said, I did it with the Double Woods, but I haven't been, I've been more 
like uh, my money doesn't come from this, obviously, right? So I've been doing it as kind of like, yo, look, this is my life, my journal, my hobby. I've obviously used it as a good networking tool, but it's going to be coming a time where I need to start monetizing this thing. thing. So I'm listening better. to this. And I think you just gave me an idea too. It was like, you know, I got uh, a discount for uh, listeners to go stay at this um, this really nice apartment in Gdansk, a city that I love. I did a vlog on in Poland. And uh, maybe I do, uh, the reason I found it, uh, I didn't stay at this place. I stayed nearby, but I mean, I know the location, the, the thing looks great. They, they made a viral reel and it popped up on one of my, uh, the Explore page on Instagram. And I'm like, damn, you know, you know, Gdansk is an amazing city. You know, this is beautiful. Me and the person started talking. And I'm like, hey, look, I know people that are in the area that probably want to stay there. You know, give me a discount. I'll send them your way and, and see see what's up. So maybe I do like a, a remix, whatever they call it, being like, yeah, oh, in Gdansk, you got to go to this area. I had so much fun. Make sure don't go to the strip club because you're going to get drugged in Poland. The strip clubs are the worst in Poland. And uh, et cetera, you know, stuff like that. But um, good information yeah. to have for some people. <laughs> no, seriously. And I was with the Polish girl. We went together and they still drugged me. It was freaking ridiculous. But uh, car services too, right? Car services. Like you, can, you can hook up with car services. Like, you know, I've got certain people in Italy that I, that I use my area. So I feel comfortable telling anyone in the world that comes to my city to call this person. Right or these people that I that I that I frequent that I use that I talk to that I eat with sometimes, and um, just like I feel comfortable with that, and that's that's information people are willing to pay for. But I'm like you, I don't, I just want to give all the information out, right? But eventually, that that's what I've been doing. That's yeah, what I've eventually been doing. that following grows big enough because of that that you're able to monetize it See. just through ads, even just ads that like you know YouTube or whatever puts out, you monetize it that way. I mean, people make. A whole lot of money doing that and you're really still like that makes you a ugc creator right so you do you create a, a value for this this hotel in poland because you're like oh i did this remix and i really liked it stay there but don't go to the strip clubs they're really dangerous well you just made a ugc content for this person they're probably eventually going to reach out to you and ask you to do something else especially if people start coming uh, that gives you access to all the discount codes in the world that you need because now you've built this following discount codes and that's sort of where like you get in not exactly but like affiliate marketing right where i hit that code and i stay and then you get a little a very small piece of that that's just more ways to monetize it and that's done in your, you make one video man that can go on for years well, and then you take that example, then you go to Florence, then you go to Sevilla, you, you, you pitch different people, you either stayed at through Airbnb or a different hotel nearby type idea. So no, when you uh, have that 100%. stuff, like it's great because you can, you know, when you go to a winery in, in Tuscany, you can show them this content, right? And then you can, if you're really slick, you can edit it to switch the language really fast right away. So resonate with people in country, uh, Spanish, obviously in Italy works really well too. Um, because you know so many people in that area speak Spanish so they can use it for any type of language that's the great thing with like the translation the AI now too because you can make one video and put it in any language that exists right now today one time you know just a click of a button and I think that's really really helpful too for you especially who maybe you're gonna you know recommend a place in Poland for somebody that's in France and maybe there's some, you know, they don't speak Polish or they don't speak French. Those people can actually see that and you can monetize them as well, which is unique for you. It's something that I don't actually do.
that it probably no, no doubt. No doubt. Go into Airbnb. <laughs> oh, it reminds me too, Mr. Beast. That's he did. He started doing this a couple of years ago. He yeah. would hire famous actor or voice actors and whatnot in the country, and they would dub his uh, um, YouTube videos. And that's how he went from 40 million to 150 million, you know, subscribers or whatnot. Now the AI, it's not as perfect, but it definitely does, uh, you know, help that out. So you go to like an Airbnb, you know, hey, I had a great stay. I'm going to make this in English. Then I'm going to dub it in all these different languages. I'm going to give this to you, you know, for $300 you can send or you can put out on your socials or whatnot. And, you know, every language that you can imagine is covered on here and blase, blase, or do the affiliate style. But the affiliate style, I don't know. I think you need to be pretty high up, you know, a lot of different people. Make it worth, actually, make it worth yeah, your time for sure. To me, it's better like, hey, I'm going to take, you know, two, three hours, make a beautiful vi video review of your spot, you know, talk about the city, dub it in different languages, and you pay me $300 at the start. Know what I mean? I think that is more uh, ideal. But like you said, though, too, this is a lot of pitching. Not many people just say, oh, yeah, yep, let's go, right? You got to go through a lot of horse shit and then use those examples from the past. Say, hey, they made this much. They got this much engagement. Now let me take this and do the same thing for you, right? Yeah, I think over time, like, there's so many different ways to pitch. I mean, it's just a sales call, right? Either by voice, in person, or even a, a cold email. Uh, I don't like the DM uh, method very much, but that just hasn't worked for me super well. But I... At the beginning, I would do like my whole like career, like my whole life, anytime I've worked, I would do the traditional sales pitches, right? The, the oh, dear so-and-so and compliment and all this stuff. People are too busy. They don't have time for that. So I learned to get it really short, really quick, really fast. And so my outreach emails went from, you know, I'd have a few people open them, a few people read them, a couple respond to now almost everybody opens them almost everybody reads them and almost everybody responds, even if they're not interested, right? The way I do my outreach, I don't outreach to hundreds of people a day, like in the beginning. That's what I did in the beginning because I was trying to learn how to outreach in different ways. Now I, I focus, I'll find, you know, two or three companies I want to really work with or I really like or that I think fit what I want to do. And I will research that company to death and I will figure everything out about them, every bit of pain point they have, everything I could possibly do to fix whatever issues they may be having. And then I will really, you know, pitch them really hard on that. So I'm not just personalizing dear John, I'm really like connected with that brand because if they can understand, if I can create a connection between me and him or me and her, whoever's reading, they'll through a short email, what can I do with a you know, minute long video or their email copy or whatever else they're doing? by connecting that brand with their customer. If I can do that through a short email, three or four lines, well, you know, what can I do with some actual time, right? So that's what I really try to do is, is create those connections with them for the outreach stuff. Yeah, how, how do you find these connections? What research are you doing exactly? Like, give me some real, like, okay, the meat and bones, I should look at this point and, and go from there. So if I have, first I gotta find out who, um, I'm going to talk to right so if i want to do a cell phone company for example uh, for some big idea that i've got i will go online i'll find the company i want to work with by putting in parameters you know how much you know money they make how much i may go on facebook and see their ad spend on facebook uh, that's not really one that would be something i would use for TikTok necessarily other than brand awareness because i mean 13 17 year olds aren't really buying the cell phones it's the parents 
So Facebook is really still king for all that, all that data. They've got so much data, it's crazy. And I go online, there's so many AI tools now. Apollo's a good resource, Seamless is a good resource. Uh, and I go out there and I find um, somebody in the marketing department, typically for a really big company, uh, get their content, see what they have online now, see what's working for them, what's not working for them, and really start to put together a plan of, will the idea I have for this brand even work? Uh, based on what they have, or would they would it be a waste of time? Because I'm going to spend five or six hours researching this brand of you know every every mistake that they've made, uh, every every uh, you know DM they haven't answered, every you know especially if they're like like an airline company, like it's the same travel, like the same luggage loss thing. Why are we not addressing this? And you're losing customers. There's a local uh, budget airline here in the states that is just they're killing themselves with one little problem that they could fix, but they refuse to fix it. So, you know, for something like that, I would, you know, attack that problem and say, look, you guys are doing this wrong. We need to fix it. This is how we're going to do it. Right. So when I ultimately make my pitch, how would you do it? If you can tell me my pitch. Yeah. My subject line is very different. I actually learned it from somebody online and I, I, his name escapes me and I really need to give him credit. So I'm going to, gosh, Edmonds university. I don't know if you've seen this guy. He's on TikTok a lot. He is fantastic. And one, like his subject line is amazing. It's uh, your name and then the, the straight up and down bar and then my phone number, right? It's totally different than everything else. It never gets kicked out by like the Google bots, the, the spam bots that like decide if this is spam or not and then shoot it into the wrong folder. It always goes into their inbox. It's my literal, you know, Ryan Todd hash and then my phone number. And I, I'm always, because I've done so much research, I've got an actual person I'm talking to. So I'm like, dear, you know, Mary. And I will, where's my little template? And I will tell them, you know, hey, I've been following you on social media or I were connected on LinkedIn or whatever. Like, this is Ryan, we're connected on LinkedIn. Had an idea for what, you know, had an idea for your brand, your company, your whatever. Wanted to get your opinion on it. Give me a call. And here's my phone number. That's it. I, I started to put a Calendly uh, link in there as well, because sometimes, especially these higher ups, because I'm like, I'm going for like gold here, right? I'm like really shooting for the, some of the biggest brands. Like I'm at that stage where I'm only really going out for really, really big fish because that, that's the big challenge for me at this point. It's really what I want to do is change, like take a company that's huge and make them twice what they actually were just by creating content that they're not creating. And I put that down there, put my phone number down there, and put the Calendly link down there so that I will be available at your schedule. I can work around your schedule if it's easier, right? I've made everything easy. I got an email that's going to their inbox that they're like, what is this? I've given them a connection, be it I followed you guys on social media, or I followed them and I've probably researched them, or I'm on LinkedIn following them. So I've got a connection with them. And well, you then, give them no information. You make them super curious about what your big idea is. Yeah, no information whatsoever. Um, I will in my later, if I have to, if I've got to send something out again, like if they don't get it um, or if they don't respond, which is pretty rare that I don't get at least an email back. I don't always get a phone call, but I, I almost always get an email back from them. And I'll start to give them, build a value prop. In the third email, I will send them something of value and it might be an SEO audit of their content. Uh, that's not as good for a big brand because they they have really good SEO and they've got really good web content typically. 
but I can always I can always find something to improve on, even if it's uh, in how do you get that areas. SEO on it? Uh, AI tool. Yeah, there's free? one. Yeah, it's free. It's actually a plugin. It's actually right here. Let me look it up real quick. It's a uh, H A R P A AI Harpa AI. Uh, I found it a while back. It's got a lot of really cool tools. Now I will say this about that. It, it takes two seconds. You go in there and you, you just pull, plug the website in or, or it pulls it from the content on the page, not the whole site, just what page you're on, but you do gotta look at it. You absolutely always double check AI because there may be something that's wrong on there. They may have missed something because it's, it's all still a work in progress, but I will go through there and use that. And then I will create a separate document based off of that, like a Google doc or Word doc or something and base it off of that and tell them where we can make a few improvements and give them like, this is what's wrong. This is how you fix it. So I don't have to fix it. You can fix it. This is what you need to do. And that's just, and I'll tie it back into content because overall it's content creation, not just. So, time out, time out. What are you saying needs to be improved? You need to use this word, that. Uh, well, it might be keywords. So if, with SEO goes expertise, right? Expertise, uh, authority, and or, uh, authenticity, trustworthiness, all these things, right? And then there's keywords. That tool will help research some keywords as well, right? Keywords on there, how much they're actually searched, uh, a lot of us, you know, before we go to like Google Trends and type in a keyword and see what, see how how well that word is doing, see if it's worth it, or go into uh, VidIQ has got a really good tool right for YouTube, where you could type in a keyword and it'll tell you, you know, how much competition is in that word, or whatever, right, and give you some alternate uh, options. This tool does something similar to that. It's not quite as thorough as that, but it's good enough if you've seen it enough to be able to, to generate a document good enough for them. They may have terrible images. They may have a slow page because it'll, it'll test that as well. So their page is uploading, you know, 110 milliseconds slower than another page of that type. That's a big difference. Uh, 110 milliseconds can lose you tons of business. Amazon did a huge study on that a while back. I've had a couple yeah. people send me this report before on Bold Perceptions about my YouTube channel. That's interesting. Anyways. Right? I mean, it's it's... It's, it's a good tool and it's good to know. And the, honestly, man, you can take two pages, don't compress the images on one, like an econ page, and compress them on the other, same exact page. The one that's compressed will convert uh, 150 times more. The other one may not even make a sale. You put the same ads out, same everything out. The one that's faster, even by that blink of an eye, will convert so much more. Uh, like Amazon study is really, really detailed, but it goes into... You know, people have no attention span. And when we have things that load so fast, if you take two seconds, I'm out, I'm gone, I'm not doing it, right? I'll, or I'll even refresh the page or I'll just go on and move on to something else. Uh, so it's, it's a really good value for that brand to say, hey, this guy really helped us and didn't even ask us for anything. And at the very least, I've, by now I've connected with them on LinkedIn and maybe I, I nurture that. You know, I hate trying to sell somebody right off the bat, right? Because we might not even be a good fit. That's one of the reasons like that, you know, hey, I've got an idea. I want to get your opinion on because I really do want their opinion. I want to tell them, hey, this is what I'm saying. This is what I think we can do. What do you think of this? And they may not be a good fit. Uh, they may have something already in the works or they may want to do something later. It may not be something else. So I don't want to give them, you know, everything in the kitchen sink right off the bat but I want to see if we're a good fit. And then maybe we just hit it off and we become buddies and we talk and maybe I'll see you next time I'm in Brazil or we'll just hang out and go to a cafe or something or 
definitely in Italy or something, right? Just because of a little connection we made on Twitter. And that's, you know, besides helping people, I love connecting with people. So it's not for me, it's not so much about the sale. I'm just selling myself. You know, if you want to work with me, great. If you don't, that's cool too. But you do still have to make a little money. So make a connection with somebody. And so it's easier to sell to somebody that you like and that likes you than it is to sell somebody that's, because how many emails you get a day about something, sell it. Same, starts off the same way. I hope this finds you well. That, that's AI, bro. I'm out. Immediately exit, I'm done. Yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, that's exactly what you did on the, the Twitter. You gave me five paragraphs of very interesting information. So I can I can tell you're not just uh, bullshitting for the, the podcast. Uh, that's beautiful. Now tell me, keep going through the process. I cut you off. So the big companies maybe don't want to see the SEO on the third email. You're going to give them a little taste of it. Uh, keep going through that process. No, no. So I, I'm really just like on that first email. I'm like, hey, I got this idea. I want to get your opinion on it. Here's my phone number. Give me a call. Uh, they'll either call me or they'll email me. I'd say probably better than 75% of the time they email me back. And then we'll have that little dialogue, just a normal email, just like me and you had on the DMs and Twitter, right? Just talking, two people talking. Uh, though I always try to get them on the phone, honestly, because on the phone I can solve problems. I've got you, I've got your full attention. I can create that excitement that I need to create because I'm. if I've reached out to you, I'm excited about what you've got going on and I'm, I'm really ready to do it. I want to do something for you. And so I really like that. But if it goes to a second email, I just say, you know, hey, just wanted to move this to the top of your thing in case you forgot. Wanted to get your opinion on this idea. Here's my number again. And also my calendar, whenever you get a chance. And then a few days later, I'll the email, hey, I'm sure you're busy. Don't want to bother you. So I just wanted to give you a little, a little something I did in my research preparing for our talk. Right. And then I'll give them that SEO has nothing to do with my idea. Maybe. Right. I may be wanting to do this is no replies. This is the third email. No reply. Yeah. Yeah. It, it rarely gets to that. But in the beginning, it definitely did. Right. It definitely got yeah. to that because I would I would be moving through my sequences faster than I needed to. And I send you an email and then the next day I'd send you a follow up. Well, you might be a busy executive. It might take you two or three days to get back to me. I do it all the time myself. I, I really try to think of myself. If, if I have an email that's important to me, I'll stick it aside so that I can wait till I have time. I just did one this morning, I got two weeks ago uh, from someone that replied to me that we, we're not gonna have a working relationship, but we probably will in the future. But he sent me an email and I waited a, almost a week to reply to him because I wanted to give it some really good thought. I think sometimes people do that as well. But if I'm like just beating you over the boom, 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 like, okay, this dude's just telling me something obvious. If I wait three days, four days before I even send a second email usually. Um, and then again for the third. But on that third, I always give them value prop. And then I'll try to nurture that relationship over LinkedIn or something else. But at that point, I'm definitely not trying to sell. I'm just trying to create a connection with somebody that's probably in a position to help me down the road. And I'm definitely in a position to help them because marketing, uh, content creation, and especially AI creation is is the future, right? And if you're not doing that, you're gonna fall behind. And a lot of these brands are, are missing out actually. Okay, now let's take you a year back or when you're kind of in the middle of the road or a couple months into it. Um, when you went through this process and then you started selling, how did you sell to them? Which, like in the very beginning? Or the middle of the road, you know what I mean? Not when you were just you know, learning I, all this I, shit. I really still do this a lot of times if it's not for a bigger, brand sometimes i just like i'm like my wheels are turning on the local oil place right now man 
Um, and that's not something I would do. And that's not something they have the budget for really for me. But I, I think about creating content a lot and it's good for me to create it. So when I was making emails and things early on and not getting the responses that I wanted because I was, you know, taking all the advice from the, from the wrong people, you know, using the AI that I thought was really good, but just wasn't, I was spending more time writing prompts. I could have just written the email myself. I'm better than ChatGPT at writing emails. So why would I use that, you know? But I was trying to speed through things. I was trying to get money in, money in, money in. So creating the content initially was is really the, the way to go for me. And that's what I'd still do. And if I went to like the oil place, this, you know, tomorrow or the next day, that's probably what I would just do. I would just talk to them, ask them if I can practice creating video, I'll give it to you and then give it to them and then try to nurture that relationship and down the road, sell it to realtors, especially because um, they already have a lot of content online, whereas like an oil shop wouldn't because real estate agents have tons of content online. So going out and creating content for them off stuff they have is really easy to do. And if you can get them on a phone call and even doing like what, like what we're doing, a podcast, but a phone call is great too. Ask them if you record it, you just wanna ask them questions because you're interested. They're gonna give you so much information. They're gonna just, you know, somebody's interested in real estate, wants to know about what I know, they're gonna spill it because nobody wants to know about that unless they're interested in real estate, right? And take that and then create content behind that and say, hey, I really appreciate the phone call. You know, as I told you, I am a content creator and I just wanted to give you something back for your time. Take this, I've chopped up some things to give you some examples and put it out there. Those guys are gonna reach out to you. And if they don't, you probably don't wanna work with them anyways because they're not gonna have a budget. They're gonna take advantage of you. Like, you know, a lot of companies, smaller brands especially do, just ask for the content, right? Or ask to create the content for them and then give it to them. Like I've been saying the whole time, if you just provide for people always on a, you're not trying to be sneaky, you're not trying to sell them on something, you're just trying to, to create a better world or better environment for yourself and them, I mean, it's gonna come around, it's gonna help, it's gonna get there for you, right? Yeah, I'll give a secret to anyone that's gonna pitch the, the real estate agents, especially the first couple of years, even to like year five, a lot of them are very cheap, right? But if you can catch them after that or show that you can increase uh, their business, bro, they have so much else going on that they'll forget about those monthly checks. And if you keep doing your job, you'll be getting paid for a long time. So I definitely would target people who have been in the business, not just, you know, when the pandemic started or when the market was hot. Uh, but there's some people that, you know, make a lot of money. They have no time for social media. They're doing way bigger things. And if you can get a hold of that, they'll pay you big money. So sure. um, chiropractors too, right? Like you see on TikTok, there's a bunch of chiropractors on there that they've got these, you know, attractive my, my dude my dude is one of the biggest ones uh he's been on right. the podcast aaron kubel he's the anti-chiropractor chiropractor and yeah. he, he's like big time he, he makes polarizing content and basically bashes the the industry but he's also like hey i'll give you some real tips that uh, the chiropractors won't tell you even though he is one it's really fascinating everyone should look up aaron kubel his content is so funny he takes a lot of reaction videos like <sighs> oh we cured his whole back that was like this. And he's just sitting there like, are you serious? And then he yeah. shows studies and whatnot. He's in the chiropractors. Here's the reason he got famous. Because every chiropractor freaking in the nation went after him. Like, you're going after our business. What do you mean? Like, you can't tell everyone we're not real doctors. You can't do this stuff. And uh, that's a, an example of polarizing content. But uh, he's fascinating uh, case study. I mean, the pimple poppers too, right? Like, 
there's the weirdest things, right? <laughs> the strangest things go far. Sometimes, man, for me, simple is easy. Like that's why I really like those, like my point of views, like like when we talked about the the get well change place, like going in as you're the car and they're working on you like as the car. Like it's just a random video, man. It it's it seems like oh wow this would be really good for this business but it's pretty simple at, at its core right going into a chiropractor and filming them cracking backs yeah sure you you mess with the colorization you do some things like that chop it up maybe you know short these up so much where you get that loud crack and probably adding sound to it right or putting that mic right up to their backs like these little things like that are they're so easy and there's so many options for people and if you're new and you're young create the content they're going to take it why would they not take it and you don't have to charge thousands of dollars, even though it might be worth it. You can charge a little bit, just cover your costs, cover your gas, cover a little bit of your time. And then and then make this, this content for these people. And what's going to happen is like you said earlier, just do it. What's going to happen is eventually you're going to get in a rhythm. You're going to have your, you're going to develop your own style. Like mine is authenticity. I'm all about authentic. I am everything I do as far as creation is authentic. Like if I'm selling a product, right? I want you to know that I stand behind this product 100%. If you've got a problem with it, I want you to feel as if I'm the one taking care of it for you, right? So for me, that's my style. But some people have the sing-songy voice that we don't like, or they're always trying to sell something. I just think that that's disingenuous, personally, but that's just me. It works for some people. It just doesn't work for me because I can't come across as a, as a douchebag like that, honestly, man. Yeah, I mean, I could tell from, you know, we're almost two hours into this. You have that authentic vibe, too. Even with the, you know, the tattoos, I think, probably help it out, too. Like, oh, this is a dude that, you know, is quite interesting, and but he's nice, and he doesn't seem like a crazy person. Yeah, lots of tattoos. Um, uh, I was just going to say something, because I saw this, fuck, like a year ago. I think it was an old uh, car washing service uh, near my hometown, and they blew up because they did, like, the whole... I don't know if it's ASMR where they wipe mm. it down slowly. And like, even me, I'm looking, I'm like, this is, this feels good watching this. Oh, it's satisfying. Satisfying thing. That whole, th there's so many videos and weird I love it. like that. Yeah. Like I just power washing, power washing a driveway. Like yeah. people will sit there forever and just watch, watch. If you, if they watch your video, that's one thing. When they click your profile and start watching 20 or 30 hour videos, that's a whole different thing, man. When you've got, when you've got that magic formula going, you're going to really, really do well. And this, this authenticity, uh, authenticity and the satisfying style videos are some of my favorite. The cinematic ones are really good too. They're so engaging and dramatic. It draws people in. But as far as like the realness is those satisfying ones and the authentic ones. Well, and then here's what they do too. So I don't know if it's as popular anymore, but half of the video would be someone power washing. The other half would be talking about some topic, right? There's three things going on. Then you have pop-ups here to keep you engaged and whatnot. But this has been happening on YouTube for a long time. Remember um, uh, the commentary community, they'd be playing video games and then they'd just be talking about yeah. something completely different, right? No subtitles, just talking and you're watching a video game. You know, your, your trance is held on the video game, but you're listening to them. Um, the brain and psychology and all this content shit is trippy. I'm very worried about when AI like just hacks it all and figures out how to get us on their phone even more. Um, but uh, that is there's a lot that goes into it, like the coloring of things, right? Like the colorization of your backgrounds. It, even when I talked about the text earlier, like this color text on this background for this particular video on this day for this type of product, 
Like there's so much psychology that goes into it. It's no secret why Facebook has the color scheme they do or Microsoft has the color scheme they do, right? Like that's been, you know, that's not exactly a secret anymore about it has to do with uh, trust and the way people view that those colors or the style of writing that they have. It's all psychology, psychological. I mean, it's the world we live in, right? I don't like it, but it is the world we live in. So you just got to deal with it. The social, um, whatever that movie, Social Dilemma, that came out a couple of years ago, kind of dove into it. Facebook, when you uh, swipe down, it, it does like the little slot machine. Like uh, I guess that's addicting too when it's spinning, and then they it's always send you random. Hits. They send you dumb notifications. This person posted a new video, but you might think someone liked your photo or did something, right? It's total dopamine. But yeah, uh, you reminded me of like thumbnails on YouTube. So. I keep pitching people I've had on the podcast. We've had a lot of amazing guests, but M Beam Tem, Matthew Beam, he's like one of the fastest growing YouTubers last year. He's at like 5 million subscribers now. He literally took like a year. He was at like 20,000 subscribers that he went crazy, took out loans, bought a car for Logan Paul, then Mr. Beast, et cetera. He told me, we have a good relationship, that he studied Mr. Beast for like a year, everything he ever did. And uh, there's been a lot of talk now about all the Mr. Beast clones with the thumbnails and the mouth that is wide open. And then the, how Mr. Beast formats his videos where it, it, they keep adding new and new um, uh, goals or attention shits. Like, uh, so you want to see till the end. So everything is fulfilled. It is what here's the difference. When you just consume stuff and you don't actually make this content behind the screens, you, screen, you don't really realize it, but it's all psychology. It's all persuasion. It's all about getting you. It, it, it's, it gets crazy. It's a rabbit hole. Yeah. I think that's something that drives me as well Is when I'm like, if I'm creating content for something or somebody, I, that's part of it for me is that I, it's like a challenge to me to increase your revenue by, you know, achieving this certain goal that we have with, uh, you know, conversions or views or whatever it happens to be signups, whatever it happens to be like, so there's a lot of psychology that goes into that and the research behind it. Like, like I said before, going to the Facebook and TikTok ads, a lot of people just put ads out. A lot of new creators, like they don't even know to do that. They don't know to go to Facebook. They don't know to go to TikTok uh, ads libraries and start comparing and contrasting things, uh, you know, in real time for, for products that they're trying to actually sell. Maybe there was a video that went viral for that same company and same type of product five years ago or two years ago and they forgot about or they just don't think it'll work again. And you could take that same content and make some changes to it to bring it back up to today's standards and make it go viral. But it it's all in that research. Mr. Beast is like, he's known about constantly testing. He obviously has tested to perfection at this point, right? Like he's, it doesn't get bigger than him anymore, but he's, constantly pushing the envelope and testing things and some of the ideas he even admits are just dumb he just does them just to see what happens um obviously he's got a huge following but if it wasn't good engaging content they'd they, that following would leave eventually but they just keep growing and you know it's not like he's giving everybody a million dollars every week even though in a lot of videos he gives these elaborate things away but it's engaging how long is this person going to keep their finger on this car to get it you know 20 hours 30 hours that people are putting themselves almost like uh, physical harm or, you know, poor health just to, to get in with his content, win this car or something. But he seems like a good guy. He seems like he's not going to let anything happen. But I'm sure he has medical staff on site 
everything. He's big enough now to do that stuff, but he's all about that research and testing, testing, testing. I think a lot of creators, uh, especially new ones, they forget to do this testing with the A and a B test, right? Like that's one reason I've got so many different accounts. I just throw stuff on. I don't need thousands of views. I just need a few hundred views, right? If I've got one that's got, you know, 10 views and one that's got 400, something's different about them. And I need to figure out what, what that is. So I've got to research even that content, even if it's something like this, the dumb head shake. Why is this one different and this one not? Because I definitely make changes in them, but why? Sometimes it has to do with my audience. TikTok might do poorly because the audience is not the same as YouTube or Facebook, where they might do really well there because of who that particular video is targeting. So all the brands are like, oh, I want to be on TikTok and go viral. Do you really? Because your main audience is like 13 to 20. They don't have any money to spend on your you know, $10,000 item or your house or whatever. It's good to be on there for brand awareness, but you know, unless you're like an e-com store selling some gadget or something, or uh, uh, educator like selling a course, then you know TikTok's great, but it's not for you know brands to really be selling on. That's Facebook still, YouTube, and then just their own websites. See, that's the issue though. It's the game, right? And, and it gets dirty because you start uh, you know polarizing content just to get the clicks. You know, all I mean, you see it nowadays. Like everyone speaks in social media stupid English because it, it does the best, you know, and it's. That's the balance that I hope um, I can find people that appreciate what I do and how I do it. But also like, damn, I need to get my message out there because I know there's a lot of people who would like what I'm doing, but I'm limited because I'm not, you know, trying to push some trend or, or you know, get the, the views crazy. Right. So I it's it's a tough balance, man. Like if I was behind the scenes and just being about, OK, I'm going to be about the money. Definitely. Easy. You know, this is a game of scientists. <laughs> right. You're going to do all this stupid shit like a lot of people do. But. I don't know. Okay, I got two more topics for you. We're two hours in. We'll finish well, it up. On that content thing real quick, we, when I look at your, like, your setup, like, you're just chill, man. There's nothing, you know, all the neon lights and all the, the big production. It's just you, and it's raw. And for me, like, that's what I want to see. Because if you're not doing what you're doing, I think you're selling me something right off the bat. And, you know, depending on who your market is and who you're targeting – what you're doing the way you do it, it might be exactly what you need to do. Getting the word out might be something, you know, we need to work on, but you know, with all the neon light and the backgrounds and all these green screens and stuff, man, that's tiring, dude. It, it, that dopamine over and over, it tires you out. It wears you down. So I like the way like you just got to set up wherever you happen to be and it's raw and it's you and it's, it's perfect for me, but am I the well, artist, it's worked, right? It's worked in the real world. I've made a lot of great connections that have helped me out outside of this in business and travel and relationships. But I tell you what, though, that Twitter, since I've been on there, I've had like seven to 10 solid connections of, you know, either creating content, talking about like I hooked up this one dude going to Medellin with two of my guys there. They're all pumped up, excited. Twitter might be the new spot for networking. I mean, it's I been it amazing. Is. It's LinkedIn kind of starting to suck. Right. I've never really been a fan of LinkedIn, but Twitter now has gotten better and it's almost like it's um, become a safe space in certain areas. Like you, where you caught me is like that UGC niche, right? So I'm in there talking with people, connecting with people, trying to help some new people. And I've also got some like people that do travel stuff just because that's something that personally interests me. I don't get in the middle of all the other crap that goes on on Twitter, right? I'm not dealing with all the political stuff. Not, I don't do that there. That's not 
that's not the space for me to do that. Um, but I, I really like Twitter and I've just gotten back on Twitter in the last, I mean, month or so, if that. And I, I've really, really enjoyed it. And I've met some cool people. Like you're one of them. I met some cool people that like instantly can connect with and really like. And now that I do as much traveling as I do, you know, I've now got friends around the world that I can, you know, I can call on if I need help in wherever you happen to be. I feel confident that like you'll fix it up for me. You'll take care of it if, if you can, right? Um, another friend in, in um, Albania right now. Like there's just people all over the world that you oh, connect. Christy, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you connect nice. with yeah. them, right? Like it's it's really cool to be able to do that uh, through Twitter and like have like an actual human being behind it. Well, speaking of Albania, if you want the, the best place in Saranda on the coast, beautiful, I can get you a deal. Um, I'm good friends with the Airbnb host. I stay there for like six months or six weeks. See, there you go, right there. And why you're not creating content for these places when you're there, right? And giving it to them for free in exchange for a stay or like half hour or something like, especially if you're there in the off season when they're not even renting the place out. But then you stay there for free, you create some cool content. You know, maybe editing is not your thing, but you can send it off to somebody to edit it, right? Like pretty quickly, uh, especially for travel stuff, because so many people do it. You're just going out and getting a lot of B-roll of the area, the local area, the shops and stuff. It's just you doing your raw thing, posting it to your site, and then giving them the content for their space. And you're staying for free everywhere you go. Like that's, that's the, for me, I'd rather have that than money, honestly. That's, that's easier said than done, though. Yeah, it, it is, but there's a huge... Uh, sect of these UGC creators that do that, man. And for me, it's always like some bikini-clad chick. Okay, I'm not a bikini-clad girl. Dude. I need to know: is there a grill? Is it functional? Is it going to be? Is it safe? Is it for me and my family? Like, is it work for that? That's really what I want to see. But I mean, I think there's you know different market for. But I think a lot of them miss that boat. Actually, it's all about the 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 visualization of the girl walking to the beach and all the scenery. That's great, but uh, that's not most people, right? That's most people are just us just doing our thing, going on vacation if we can. So that's really what I want to see. But I think it's, I think it's an opportunity. Yeah, man, especially for a little bit of stay. No, hundred percent. hundred percent. You got, uh, I think if you have a portfolio and say, Hey, look, this is what I've done and this is how they liked it. And this is the, the views or engagement and the bookings they got from it. I think you could work out pretty well if you don't have 50, hundred thousand, you know, followers type idea. Right. So I right. haven't really tried my hardest to do what you're saying. So uh, it's going maybe to it them. Easier. It's going to them. I mean, you can create content where you're at right now, create a video of the place you're at right now and use that to show people. I mean, you've got like, you're not some random person, right? You might be to the random person in, Poland, right? Or somewhere else you're going, but you're not a random person. Like this is your world. You do this stuff, right? Holding a podcast from this beautiful deck at this, with this amazing view. Like that's something that, wow, man, if I can go there and, and where he was, like, this is what I've got. Like, these are things that you offer to people that I mean, they'd be dumb to not take you up on it, especially when they're charging 50 bucks a night or $30 or 30 euros a night or whatever. Well, especially I'm in Brazil right now. So imagine, hey, you know, this is safe. I feel comfortable. All the modern amenities. I never knew Brazil could be like this, right? This would be huge for uh, an That's Airbnb your hook. host. That's your hook. Yeah, I never knew exactly. Brazil could be like this. That's your hook. Let's, uh, I'm going to get these two topics um, and then we'll finish it up. So I'm going to play the game right now. 
And the game to get engagement is going to be how much money you've made from this content creation, you know, maybe your first year and then what kind of numbers you're dealing with now. I would appreciate if you could be open and honest about it because then uh, one, I could put it at the beginning of the video and two, people are going to be like, damn, I really should try doing this. So, okay, in the beginning, there was a little bit of struggle, right? But I would say pretty quickly, I was able to garner about 1800 a month. And that was working part-time, still kind of learning things, right? And uh, it wasn't consistent, though. It wait, 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 wait. Well, what beginning? Yeah, what, what beginning? 1800 a month, you can live pretty good in, in many places around the no, world. With that. Well, yeah, but not here, right? Not in the States. No. Definitely not here. You are doing but, all small business at the beginning? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, if you're doing 10 videos a month for small businesses, like just that oil thing that we went around to, and they pay you even 250 and you create, you know, five or six pieces of content for them, that they're getting a lot for that. I mean, that's a lot of content for them for a very small amount of money. And they're paying more than that in, you know, the local newspaper ads or whatever, donating more than that to the church newsletter to be on the back of it at the bottom of the page, right? They're actually getting real professional-ish content, even at the very beginning. Uh, so when these guys are, okay, I didn't do one of them, I didn't think about it, but like restaurants are charging, you know, 250 for all this 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 content, they're getting a ton of value. So that was pretty easy. I had that goal of a thousand a month, but it was really easy to scale up to 1800. That's when I decided to start changing it because the money was great, but it was a lot of work. And so I started trying to work more of a, a retainer basis. And that's where I took about three or four months and made almost no money. Because hey, boss, I, boss, one second. How long did it take you to get to a thousand dollars a month, and how much work? Three weeks. Three how weeks. many hours a day? Well, because I was still in the learning process, I was working eighteen-hour days, man. I was because I was learning, creating, messing up, putting it through some friends, getting a feedback on it, uh, through our feedback loop, sending it back to them, making the changes, doing all the things. So it was a lot of work in the very beginning. But I'm sort of perfectionist, right? I wanted the content to be really good. What I know now is that it didn't have to be perfect, right? It didn't have to be, you know, $10,000 video. It only needed to be a $200 video or a $250 video. I started at Fiverr and Upwork and stuff like that, but I really didn't find anything that I liked and it didn't really connect to me. So I never actually took any jobs from that. Um, so I was just, I found it better to go locally to people. A lot of people that I had connections with and knew that helped me kind of get my start. But it was, you know, really quick to get up to that $1,800. Once I hit that, though, uh, two months in a row, uh, I think it was $1,800 and like $2,250 or something the next month, I stopped and said, this is too much work. I want to step back and kind of gauge where I want to go with this. And I knew that it was going to be a retainer type of thing because of the traveling that I do, because I can't be here locally all year long. I don't want to be either. So I needed to be able to have a... Uh, type of deal or work out for business model where I work for a company on a retainer basis and create content so that when I'm here in the States, I can get tons of content together and then create enough for them to last three to six months. What I like to do is I like to do a three to six month deal. If I can't help you after that, I probably can't help you for whatever reason. It's never happened, but that's just sort of how I look at it. I don't want to be long-term and like hold down to one place because then they start kind of and they've got a little bit of control over you and power, and I don't want that. So I only work with two to three companies at a time uh, for a retainer base. Right now, my retainer, my base fee is $10,000 a month. That's, that includes a lot of content, though. And once we run through that, I charge more for the videos, but it really depends on what we're doing. If we're doing 
because I do so many things, right? I do web copy, e uh, uh, email sequences and copy, and then video creation, voiceover work for them. Uh, I use AI because my voice is, I lose my voice a lot. You hear I'm, I'm hoarse today, right? And so I, all that stuff takes time. So it just depends what that company wants or needs really. Uh, and how far they want to go with it, how many platforms are going to run it. All when did you reach When did you reach 10K a month? How long ago? And how much work is involved uh, a 10K, week with 10K? It's 10K per deal. So it's 30, 30K oh. a month for just retainer, right? And I go three to six months per, per, per deal, depending on the company, right? I, I like to do like a discovery start at the three, and then, then we'll go to six. If, if, I, if we see it's working, we'll go to six, right? And then go from there. How, how, answer, answer me this because it's going to get into the, the last topic about living in Italy. How, how long did it take until you're making 10K a month? Because if you're making 10K a month, you can live very, very well in Italy. Oh, you know, you live like a king in Italy. <laughs> you can live on 2,000 a month like a king with two of us down there on that. Um, I would say, well, it was my first deal, man. My, my first, uh, sorry, fax machine, fax machine. Who the hell has a fax machine, right? Um, my it was my very first deal that I did when I went to that. I, I it took me a while. Sorry, let me just say it took me a while to get to that. It took me probably another two to three months to get that deal because I probably overshot myself. I should have started lower, but I knew what I was going to provide. I knew what I was I was going to be your full-time dude. I had a lot of resources behind me to help. I had a lot of guys that got to bring in to help me create more content and even faster. And I can create content for it for especially a brand that's already got content. Like they've already got stuff out there in, in the in the uh, in the on the internet. I can create a lot of content very fast, and I can put it out there. And if you want to flood the algorithm, we could do that. I don't always recommend that, but the I can real do world that. they're doing that for free. These people are helping you for free in the real world. No, they'll they'll end up with a piece because the model that I use now, right, is that retainer base. Then once we run through that, there's a fee, right? Uh, the email sequences have a fee. It's like a, it's a, it's upsell, 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 right? So this is a package. This is a package. This is a package you get for, for the retainer. Uh, a lot of people just say it's retainer plus. I don't, I'm not there. I don't do that yet. I do the retainer and then that has certain things in it, but it's all content creation, all videos basically, right? And some ad sets included in that. When I go on top so of you're that, hiring the, the guys that I do a lot of that myself, but then I will. But yes, when we when when I need more, if they want to like have 500 videos, which again is crazy, but there are people that do that that want that type of stuff. Then I yeah, I'll bring in a couple of guys, but I don't need 100 guys. I need five guys for that. Okay. Right? It doesn't you're doing that in the real world. You guys are all connecting like that and helping each oh, other. Oh, we're all connecting, man. We're, and everybody helps everybody all the time. The professors will help you. Like they'll help you and they'll get in on it. Like it's that community is ridiculous with the amount of help that they get. In the beginning, they 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 when you first like when they first open a course, you don't really have that type of network because there's a lot of people are gonna they're gonna fade out, right? And the last thing they want to do is start recommending people. They're not really recommending people, but recommending people and then they don't pan out. And now you're like, oh well, this thing's a big scam. It's just about you know, promoting this business, which it's not at all. I mean, it is part of that. There's a whole model for that. But if you can, you know, make videos for Apple, it's pretty easy for you to make videos for Apple, right? They got tons of content. It's a big brand. It's a, you know, relatively trusted brand. It's pretty easy, right? Same thing with, with that, right? So there's a, there's a lot of um, air support is what we call it, right? 
the, the, the marketing campuses and, and different campuses within inside that, they've got people that could just push anything out. Anything they want to be viral, they can make it happen. Anything. And okay, great. So you're going to tell them to push my stuff. Well, I, I I'll happily. I'm, I've actually, I actually already promoted this in there because uh, I wanted to, uh, some guys to see it or, or I wanted to watch it uh, and, and send it back to them so that they could critique uh, to me, my own self, right? And like make any changes. Like that, the feedback loop thing, man, is is probably, sometimes it's a hard pill to swallow because they're they're picking out things that are like faulty on you. And, but it's, it's done respectfully. It's always, always respectful, but it's so helpful. Like even, even like, like this big space above my head, right? It's just the way I'm seated. But, you know, even having it like, having it like proper and like proper eye contact, which I haven't even really done through this, but there's so many different things that, that you learn that, that most people don't even really know to do, right? So there's just so much support within there. But yeah, connecting with people is easy. In fact, I've connected with a ton of guys because I'll look at their content on like TikTok or something and I'll know where, I, I know where they learn what, they, what they're doing. You didn't just come online and start doing what you're doing. I know, I can see that you learn the same things I learned. So we'll connect that way. A lot of us connect that way, probably more than any other way, honestly. See, it's I've seen those type of people come to me in the real estate sector on bold perceptions. Uh, it's a lot of it's similar. So the real world, take note, you got to switch it up a little bit, you know, not make it so obvious because a lot of people are doing similar stuff. But anyways, they keep are. going they, with the, the, keep going. Oh yeah. So, so anyways, so we're going back. So it's, it's the initial base fee, right? And then all the upsells and, and most of the companies that I'm really trying to go after, they, they need the upsell. They need different email sequences or they've gone to using chat GPT, which is nothing more than a tool. I, I tell all the time, I say, do not use chat GPT for your email sequences. Like it's just not there. It's, it can't create that connection you need to connect uh, or you need to connect with your, with your customer. It's just not possible. People don't use words like delve into right? But that's something that that outputs all the time. We're going to delve into this topic. Who talks like that, right? So people sniff that out. And it's just such a big turnoff because AI is thrown in their face so much. So I, I really push that copy. And there's, the most money is probably in the copy, honestly. You can upsell that copy for another 5K a month, and which is normally what we do, like the base. If we have our base fee, the upsell for email copy is 5K a month, right off the bat. Uh, that will pretty much take care of all your sequences, all your email, all the worrying that goes into it, everything for, you know, three, four, 12, however many emails you need. And then it's all automated. So once it's done, once it's done. Uh, and it's pretty simple to do. It's just a lot of front end work. Uh, so again, two, three companies max, because I don't want to spread myself so thin that I can't give like you everything that I promised you. So if I'm, if I'm promising you the world and I've got 15 other companies I'm working with, promising the same thing it's just not possible for me to do that for you unless i hired you know five or six hundred guys which i don't have those resources and i really don't want to do because i want to remain with that personal touch right that retainer model that going after those bigger brands was because i started to transition to half the year in italy that's why i did that because i couldn't be you know there's there's american money and then there's everywhere else money right so if we're over here making money, I can't be there. And if I'm over there, I can't be making it here unless I'm doing it this way. So I can go create content or have all the content shot and footage. Or if you've got content, like you've got a ton of content, right? I'd take that content and chop it up. That's possible to do as well. I like to work with just a small amount of brands at a time. I could scale it bigger. I just, 
I don't want the headache, honestly, man. <laughs> you know, the more the more you've got going on, the more headache it can be. The more people that are involved, and, and the more trouble, and the more kinds of failure you have. I don't want to fail. I, I've had plenty of failures in my life. I've learned enough lessons. I don't want to learn anymore in that realm. So I want to focus on what I'm doing and really try to help people. And then I will take on smaller things from here to there, uh, or here and there, just for my own self. Really, just for practicing, keeping myself honest, and trying to, you know, like to say I stepped up in with the art. I'm doing stuff on my own in my spare time with that. I spent several hours yesterday playing with Mid Journey, which is probably one of my favorite ones, and just creating different types of content. I created, you know, a, a men's fitness athletic uh, wear company flat lay uh, image. So it's got, you know, a hoodie, a t shirt, shoes, all this different stuff. And I did that in just a few minutes, but it's just me playing with different prompts and learning how to do it. So if like companies were to see that online, Twitter, I posted something yesterday and reach out, I'd, I'd probably create content for them for free for that, which because it wouldn't take me too terribly long to do that and just to practice and get my stuff out there. 100%. When I first started messing around with this AI, it was like a, a drug, right? You're like, oh, what else can it do? This is so interesting. So yeah, everyone should definitely just, you know, fuck around on there and see what's up. But you're right. It's still not human level at all. Um, I'll do another shout out. Uh, Mr. Ben Jackson is a loyal supporter. He's like the, the modern day uh, Don Draper in New York City. And uh, he's he works with uh, copywriting, ad agencies, et cetera, and done big commercials with, uh, fuck, I forgot his name, Corbin, the actor, uh, big brands. Um, he's all over the place. And he's like, Nick, trust me. Like the, the real copywriters, they're not going out of business anytime soon. Like chat GPT, all this is a tool, 100%. But they still can't tell the story, can't elicit the emotions as well as a, a person. So, um, okay, last thing about the money. We move on to Little Italy. You know, we all get happy before this conversation ends. Uh, from when you started, tell me like the when you started and then how long it's been. How much money are you making now from doing content creation overall? So I started out, I started learning it, like really, really learning it about nine months ago. I started really getting heavy. Nine? Yeah. I started, <laughs> I started really getting heavy into it. Really, really heavy. When did we get back? First of May. First of May, I stopped my entire life and went, 100% in, and that's when I decided, look, I'm going to be here three months in the States and to get everything, you know, going and then head on, head on back to, to Europe. And so I really went head on. I mean, nothing comes easy, right? So I'm not spending a few hours a day doing this. I'm 20 hours a day, sometimes more than that, learning the craft, putting it through feedback loops, making content over and over and over again, getting better and better and better. I've got so much experience in life at this point that, um, I've learned a lot of lessons already that I don't have to learn. So, or I could pick things up a lot quicker than someone I say 24 or 25. So like with the emailing or the email outreach, I learned really quickly that I didn't like what was going on. I'm going to change it to this. I was just trying to speed it up by using chat. It didn't work because it was trash copy. So I already had some experience with copy. So I started creating my own. And then I found that, that little uh, adjustment from that Edmonds university and started putting that together to put out for my first cold emails and that happened mid-may and from that point on to now bro it's it i turn a lot of work away a lot of work and, and some big work i've turned i mean just this week i turned down 
a, a, a brand because I couldn't take it on. They're seeing stuff that's going on and I guess they're reaching out to it. I have like a non-disclosure thing where I don't tell, I want them not to tell people because I don't want to be inundated with, hey, come you know, do this for me, do this for me. Because I have a hard time saying no, because I want to help. I'm, I want to be such a healthy person. I want to help you succeed. So I'm telling the brands, like, look, don't tell anybody. We're going to do this. We're going to put, you know, put your brand through the through all the testing and it needs to go. And then we're going to, you know, really blow you guys up and make you guys some money. That's just what excites me. But if I've got 500 people calling me every day, then I'm going to, you know, not be able to scale scale it fast enough. I'm going to do what I don't want to do, which is run a really big company. That's not something that interests me anymore in my life. So by the first of last month, I had just finished with my first two discoveries. At, so that was 10, 20, and then, I don't know, 32,000, I think, after the first month, which was really uh, just this discovery. We did, I wanted to do a discovery project to see if we would be a good fit. Project worked great and everything, but I just, I don't know. I, I didn't love them. I don't know that they, our personalities weren't really there. Uh, I think it was probably more me, but I had some other things in the pipeline already that I thought would be a better fit. So I was done with those guys and I brought the next three on. I still work with those guys now, but I am trying to onboard, like I told you, uh, two really big, the airline and the cellular. I'm really trying to onboard those guys. Um, for that, time it would on, be worth time it. Time on, time on. How much are you making right now? Right, right, like right now with these three customers I have, we'll base 30,000. And so okay. as we upsell, so I probably will do, by the time these three month initial contract is up in, uh, what, 90, 100, 150 probably. No, that's- you that, Well, they are, they're all upsold. They're all upsold, all of them. Okay, so- Yeah, okay. but that, yeah, that let, means, me, let, me, let me talk, let me talk one, one, one second, one second. You started nine months ago, you started going really hard May 1st, correct? Probably mid February, but yeah, well, mid March. Oh no, yeah, mid March. Okay, but I didn't do anything March and April. I did nothing. Didn't know what I just learned. Yeah, so this is this is very interesting. I'm gonna need to see proof because here's why. Twitter is what I've realized. I've been doing this content for a while. I've seen a lot of frauds. I've seen a lot of jokes. Oh, there's tons, dude. There's totally so many. Played the game. And Twitter, especially, I've noticed there's a lot of bullshit. So yeah. I'm going to clip this at the start. And once you show me proof, I'm going to put this on here. But if you're telling me within nine months and then the last couple of months that you're at 30 grand now and you're looking at, you know, 100 grand you're going to make from this shit, that is. Assuming, yeah. assuming on these, on this particular contract, with these brands we're working on right now, going through what, August, August, end of August, that. Everybody's everything stays everything the whole way through. We keep doing what we're doing. They keep liking us, and we, we maintain that relationship. Yeah, or I could it could be done tomorrow, right? Sam, but you said you're still making thirty thousand right now. For for the because of the base fee, right? Because it's okay. ten per. You can show company. me that proof. Then you have a it's hell of a story. Oh my boy! Pay you. I don't do what. I said, if you can show me the proof, you have a hell of a story, and people should pay you to learn from you because that is well. No, crazy. it's it's all it's all it's really not, man. It's all about. You said it earlier more than anything. You just have to go do something, right? If you, if I if I don't ever reach out to a Samsung or an Apple or a 
or whatever, I'm never going to get them as a client ever. There's a there's a story about a, a, a uh, two kids that went to Facebook. They literally walked into Facebook one day, had not had one other client in their entire life, and they were selling marketing things like pens and um, you know little keychains and things like that. And they had made some with Facebook's logo on it. And would you believe they got a freaking deal with Facebook that day? Like, how inspiring and crazy is that, right? And that, I mean, that's a good lesson. Like, if you don't try, you're never going to succeed, right? And they talk about that a lot in these campuses. Like, dude, you got to just do it. I was in a position where I didn't need to hustle for $200. I did it because I needed to learn. I was trying, I didn't, it wasn't so much the money for me, it was the learning, the process of it for me, right? The challenge for me was to really start going heavy and hard for you know, several weeks, focusing on what I wanted to do, reaching out to brands, dealing with the no responses and the no's from, from the bigger ones, right? And then, and then getting someone, getting them on the phone and then showing them what I can do for them and then creating some type of, uh, proposition where it's, um, I'll tell you my next one too, that I'm actually working on right now, but it's the proposition to make even more money by offering them, look, if you'll give me this little bit, I will give you that. And if I don't give you that result, you don't give me any more money. I only get this, which is you know, maybe 10,000 sounds like a lot, but that's not all my money, right? I've got, you know, there's bills to pay. There's other things to do with that money, right? So it's not like it's all in my pocket. That's just a gross, gross amount of money, right? Like any business. Yeah. And here's what I go back to is the, there's a lot of uh, big motivational speakers that bring up a story like that. The Facebook, oh, I sell a pendant with there and I make a lot. And it's true. You got to throw yourself out there and oh, bro, good things yeah. happen. But there's a lot of people who take advantage of this motivation and get excited and and get you for something. So that's why I'm saying. Okay? That's why I don't You've sell said, on my website. Hey, boss, I know. Beautiful. You've already give, given two hours, two and a half hours <laughs> of beautiful content. But if you can show me the proof that you're at that 30K and then I, I check up with you in five months, everything goes well and you're making that, you got a hell of a fucking story. Can, can sure. I DM you some stuff instead of putting it on here? No, no, not right now. Yeah, I'll put it later um, edited. So, yeah, don't worry about it right now. So, but you've already given me great information. I just need to back this up. Cause like I said, I've been doing this for a long time and anyone that uh, is, Oh, you know, this fast or this, this easy, a lot of people are scampers. Yeah. Are like the real world where they just give that link and they get 50% of the, the deposit or whatnot. And they build off their whole thing off that. Right. So there's a lot of, a lot of, there's nothing. I do agree. There's a lot of money out there to, to take and you got to have the knowledge and the will to go take it because there's a lot of money out there. So I'm not dismissing what you're saying at all, but I need to oh, see time. Especially in this, especially in this, I think, because like we talked earlier, like the whole real estate agent thing, like they're not some of the new younger people are, but, but people that are established in that, in that, uh, in that business, they're not taking advantage of this stuff at all. So it's like free money out there for that stuff. Right. When you get into the bigger brands, they've got, you know, there's a lot of red tape. And that's the one thing I really don't like about them is that there's so much you've got to go through to get to them. And so many hoops you got to jump through. Uh, just had breakfast today with a really big insurance company here. And I don't know that I can do anything for them, actually. But it was interesting because as we're sitting there talking, I'm realizing, like, is this even worth it? Because 
there's so much red tape to go through with the, with this gigantic company, right? As opposed to a, a company that makes you know hundred million dollars a year, there's a lot less red tape to go through them than someone that makes you know a billion dollars a year. So for me, I think that it's it's going to ultimately be better to go for a little bit smaller brands, like not small, but hundred million, three, one to five hundred million dollars, right? It's like small to mid, you know, medium. Yeah, size. yeah, but but you're you're telling me this after nine months of doing this, and either you have a very um, optimistic type of personality, which I, I like, and I think that is the people that succeed that go from nine months to million dollar companies. But for the average layman, they're looking at you like, okay, either well, they quit, they quit, they don't true. work twenty hours a day. And, they and, have to spend time with the family and the kids, and then they want to scroll and use. I hate social media, man. I can't stand it. So I'm on there solely for work research. That's all I'm on it for. I stay away from all of this stuff. In fact, before this, I barely had any social media. I just didn't like it. So for me, I'm working, you know, honestly, I get up at, you know, four o'clock in the morning, get about a 30 minute workout in, and then I go till, you know, midnight, one o'clock every single day, nonstop. And sometimes like my ass hurts from sitting in the chair for so long. It's so... There's definitely nothing easy. And I think that's the problem that people don't understand. Like, you know this yourself. It's hard work. You can't take breaks if you want to be successful. Once you're successful, success is for people, like taking breaks is for broke people, right? Like if you're going to take a break, you're not going to be successful. Once you're successful and you've made it, fine, that's great. Take your break. I take plenty of breaks myself over the years, but now I'm at a point where I'm like, so engaged with this and it's so it's so fascinating to me that I'm literally 20 hours a day every single day and it's irritating my wife it's irritating my kids but I'm like you guys want this life then I have to do this to make it happen and there's no in between well you have to take breaks it doesn't work that way well, hold on but uh quick what, what what did you do before this like what were I mean the tattoos were you a former you know crazy guy what was your job like where does that yeah, come so from I, quick, I, I, quick told, I told you about this before right I had a brain injury so for the last seven and a half years I've been dealing with that and recovering from that um prior to that I was a firefighter and then I had multiple you know we all us guys have different businesses so one of those businesses that um probably equates most to this was I had a little clothing brand with a friend of mine we create clothes and things like that soccer soccer niche and we'd sell them to like soccer stores around the country soccer corner and places like that the bracelets shirts just different things like that so that was probably um i was one of the businesses and then i had an app this is years ago it was an app before they were apps so i'm just always like creating things like business ideas things like that some work some don't but that's just been me my whole life but you had a steady life. income through firefighting the whole time prior yeah until my accident. Until my accident. Yeah. After that, I had had no income after that for um, really until recently. So you weren't just a serial entrepreneur your whole life. You weren't a crazy maniac. You had the firefighter job, and then you did some apps on the side, et cetera. You always had some energy, right? No, I always had. Yeah, I always had energy. But I my steady income mostly because I'm almost fifty, right? So my mostly my steady income was just from serial or just different little things that I would try and do. And then then I became a firefighter and I still was doing things just on a smaller scale, right? And then I had the accident and then I did nothing for until really this, honestly. Oh, gotcha. 
No, I appreciate the energy. It's been beautiful. Two and a half hours of great content. If I get proof, I'm going to be like, I'm going to send a lot of people your way if I get some proof. But now, let's let's talk about the topic that is in our heart where home is, Italia. Um, where where do you usually stay? Where have you all seen? Um, I lived there for two years. I was uh, based in uh, Bologna, but I've seen everywhere. And that is my heart, where it belongs. So my I'm half Italian on my mother's side. And so they came over actually from Did Calabria. Did you get the passport? Not yet. I'm working on it. Oh, I'm working man. on it. Um, from Calabria and Sicily. So Reggio Calabria and Corleone in Sicily. Torini. So, Corleone, like the Godfather. Uh, no, 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 no. To Torini. What's the, the derogatory term for the Southern Italians? To Torani? Torin Torini? Torini? I, I don't have a derogatory word for it. I'm well, my, in Southern my, Italy. You're one of those Northern my guys. My language is so bad, but there's a, it's a really, like, if you say this word, they get really mad. It's a, uh, it's for the Southern Italians. You know, the North and the South, it's a terrible battle. Yeah. They hate each other, yes. you know, more dramatic up North, more uh, Mediterranean down South. Um, there's a, there's a word for people from the South. Torini? I'll send it to you after, but it's, a uh, it's, it's like the N word in the USA. It's bad. Oh my God. That's, that's a little, that's a little over the top, but I still, I, we have a, I've got a place in Calabria that I've had for a few years. Um, after my accident, uh, uh, probably before I was ready, I decided to make my first trip over there by myself. Uh, and it was, it was amazing. Like I connected almost instantly with it. In fact, we just got married there in March, uh, in a historic castle that's never had a wedding in it ever before. Um, we had the whole town was in on it. We had the mayor and everybody was in the newspaper there and 40 family members came from the States. Um, all but one of them had ever, uh, never been there. Only my mom had, had come with us before. So all my kids came and my cousins, and my cousin actually did the marrying. We got married in a 1,100-year-old castle. It was unbelievable, man. And so I stay in a town called Scalea, which is in southern Italy on the Calabrian coast, right there in the, uh, the uh, Cedar Riviera in English. Uh, Riviera di Cedri in Italian, um, about two hours south of Napoli. Uh, I found it just kind of uh, by accident. I met a guy from uh, Ukraine who spoke English and he learned it from watching the show Friends, but he was living there and we started talking and I, I went and connected and he hooked me up with some real estate people there and I got a little apartment. And I kept that, it's running out of it. And then I decided I didn't want to run it out anymore because that's always a headache. And I wanted to um, just kind of start spending more time there. And I guess it's been about a year ago, my now wife and I decided that my kids were old enough. I talked with them to start a transition. So I spent three months here, three months there, three months here, three months there. I spend the majority of my time in the town with, with base that was become my Italian family now uh, over there. Yeah, I've seen a lot of great deals in uh, Tropea. And obviously in the summer, you can rent that Tropea's thing out beautiful. for $150 for a room. Um, I definitely, I love South. I've seen a lot more of Sicily than Calabria. Calabria. I've been, yeah, Puglia. I've been all over. Uh, oh, Puglia. yeah, other side, yeah. Yeah. Um, Pollyan, Pagano, Monopoly, Bari. Um, my name, my pronunciation, Jesus. Nice. Obviously, I've been. 
I've been drinking a little vino, so maybe that's the problem. But uh, <laughs> Italy, to me, um, the the pace of life, the style, uh, the food, the vino, Man, um, the history, the culture, it. It, there's nothing that can compare to it, right? It's got everything you could ever need, uh, the north and south, um, the seasons are perfect. It is, to me, the best. If it wasn't for the, the government, oh, my God, I would live there 24-7. But that government is so fucking slow. The bureaucracy is brutal. Oh, it's terrible. Um, yeah. There is it's a difference, just... though. And I hope you keep maybe doing the three months on and yeah. off. But it usually is around four months that you start really starting to feel like an Italian. And not, not many Italians say La Dolce Vita because yeah. you start seeing the cracks and everything. And, you know, th- you got graffiti on the old buildings and then you have to deal with the government. Um, going to Italy and living in Italy with the tourist uh, glasses on, amazing. Hakuna yeah, Matata. Sure. But when you start like, uh, this is normal for everywhere. You can be in the best place in the world. You get used to it. You get bored or, you know, something and you start seeing all the bullshit. That's what happens to me in Italy. So I, I prefer, and what I'm going to do in the future is probably like late spring to end of summer. I live in Italy, right? And then yeah. get out. So I, I get the best of it, Acuna Matata. So I do the summers here because it, it in the town that we're in, it's it's a tourist town for Italians. So like pretty much like a million people from Napoli come down there for uh, Ferragosto for all of August. And they're and the craziest. Everyone bashes the, the, the Naples is, people. Is definitely the crazy, and they, you know, they they won the, uh, the soccer league this year, right? So they're like super excited, and they're still celebrating. Um, and not to mention, when Argentina won the World Cup, they really went crazy because they're still in Maradona. So Messi's like their, you know, their stepson, I guess. There, right? Um, but it's so we get out in summertime. It's, it's really hot down there in the summertime where, where we live. And there's just too many tourists. But the one thing I'll say about it there that we really love more than anything is the, the sense of family. And that's was was important for me to have my family come over for our wedding. Uh, was I wanted them to connect to the land, like the motherland for us, right? But also to understand that family is so, so important there and it's not here. Like we just, we don't even talk to each other hardly here at all because everybody's, because they're working, they're making money, blah, 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 right? There it's so slow, like, in where I live, they say domani, which is tomorrow. And everything is domani. I need it done today. I, well, domani, domani. But domani turns into the next month and the next month and the next month eventually, right? And it just, you just get used to that pace of life. And when we came back here, I can't, we can't discuss the food and how hard that was to start eating again. But just, it's so stressful the second we land in the airport here. Everything just, the stress goes crazy. And it's, it's gotten to where it's just gotten more difficult for us to live here. And if not for my family, I wouldn't at all. I'd stay there full time. That food's a big thing. Anytime I go back to the States, it takes me, you know, two weeks for my uh, stomach to adapt to it. I think we are definitely putting some crazy shit in the food in um, uh, USA. I actually, I weighed the lightest I've ever lived. And I probably ate the most when I lived in Italy. I was weighing 185 yeah. pounds and I ate like a pig. Um I will say that though, if you're trying to make something out of yourself, unless it's online, like you're doing Italy, it's just like, you go with the flow, you know, tomorrow, like you said, what's that one saying? Like, uh, the art of doing nothing, um, you know, like they just, they love, yeah, they, they, 
and that can be an issue, especially if you're born in, in USA, because you want things done. You want some convenience, right? Um, you have to learn to adapt and, okay, I got to go to the supermarket on these days and some stuff is closed here. There's nothing open during the afternoon because they're taking their lunch break. If you can <laughs> adapt, everything is, is good, but, you know, it takes a, a little to, to do that. I, I don't know. There, I adapt more than the time I hit the train. I'm, I'm already there. Have you spent more than three months at a time in uh, Italy? No. Yeah, so that's why I think after that, there's some things that start picking at you. And that's the only issue I have. Like, there's a lot of Italians. Most young people, they go to Switzerland or they go to Germany. They go yeah, even uh, to Scandinavia because the money is not good, right? Uh, obviously, entrepreneurship is almost impossible. Hiring workers is, you know, the amount of taxes you got to pay is almost as worse as Brazil. So there's issues, but... If you have dollars or if you're making money online, oh my God, Italy will, yeah, you're, you're living in heaven hundred percent. But I even mean, like we, you said, the multi-generational living family, right? My uh, old coach in uh, the Bologna, Bologna Warriors, they, his wife's grandpa built the house they are in. It's like, kind of looks like an apartment building, you know, yeah. like hundred some years ago. Right. And, um, you know, grandma lives uh, on the bottom and then they got the middle people. Then they got the kids on the top and then grandma cooks some food and puts it out the window and it rolls up and they can eat separate if they want sometimes or they do the whole dinner. It's beautiful. Right. I love that multi-generational living. Unfortunately, especially in Southern Europe, it's a necessity for a lot of people because of the money. But also they do it good. And I wish USA would do something similar instead of just throw our people, our grandparents into the nursing home with people that don't really care about them. Um, I think that is very disappointing. So I think uh, there's so many pros Italy does, but make sure you got money before you start living there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's something that my wife really likes as the family because she's not super close. Well, she is now, but she hadn't been super close with her family. And when we go there with our, you know, and we have them, you know, a dinner or a meal with our friends and everybody, they, it's the kids that she notices that they want to be with the family. They don't want to necessarily be on their phones. They miss their actual family, which is something that we just don't have here. I mean, it's like pulling teeth to get my kids to, to, to meet up with me to go somewhere, you know, if I'm not, if, if I'm not with them at the time. And I think that that sense of family is something that I was missing because I grew up with that. And then over the years, it kind of, you know, it, it changed because people get older and we're in the States and they move off and they're doing their own thing. And in Italy, uh, the families that I know that we hang out with, like they're all making money together. And, and you're right, it's probably somewhat of a necessity there, but they build these businesses together for their family. Here, I'm doing my thing. She's doing her thing. Brother's doing his thing. Parents are doing their thing. Everybody's doing their own thing. If they would just pull it all together and like go after one common goal, everybody would be so much happier and so much better off. But it's just not how we do here in the States. And, and that's one thing that I want to get away from. When, when we had our wedding, you know how the bureaucracy is, right? We're in, a, we're in a castle ruin that's never had a wedding. So we had to go to the commune and talk to the mayor and all this stuff. And there was a lot of red tape we had to jump through to get it done. But we got it done, but it wasn't easy. And the community rallied big time around us. And that was really what, what changed even, even more for us was we had thought about looking at other places in Italy, but after that experience with the way they rallied around us and helped us and treated us as one of their own, 
that's where everything changed for us. We're like, we're not leaving here ever because we have, we have a family, we have a community that, that loves us as if we are their own and they treat us that way. They don't treat us like America. Somebody tried to overcharge us one day and we were with somebody they didn't know. We were with them and I mean, he lost his mind. He went screaming, yelling. He's like, you know, these are our people. Like you don't charge them more money. That's not right. And that was really like coming to our defense. Like that was really cool because for us, it's a couple of dollars. For them, it's the principle, and that's what gets lost here, I think. And all, a lot of foreign countries are like that, right? Where you're at, it's the same way. Uh, 100%. But that if you can find as a nomad or settling down outside of where you're born and be treated like that, take it all in, man, because that's rare. So that, that is beautiful. You definitely found that and uh, I hope to visit someday. We'll, we'll set something up in, in southern Dude, Italy definitely. and go to the beach. Spritz. Definitely. What do they make? What's the what's the local dish down there? What kind of pasta they're, they're cooking? Uh, mostly they they got pasta fagiole. They got oh my gosh, bro. I, they've got so much good food there. But fusilli with like uh, a red sauce, like a tomato sauce. Uh, the pizza. Okay, the pizza is not Napoli, but the pizza is probably the best outside of Napoli, right? Uh, the where we live, it's a huge uh, seafood area. A lot of fish come in if you like that. And my friend's got the, the best beach bar. It's on the beach. It's all windows around it. It's called Oz Beach. It's unbelievable. Spritz, you know, nighttime. That's the one thing I haven't got used to there is the partying at night. Like we get our dinner at 10 o'clock at night and then we stay out till four in the morning. And like that, that's a little much for me, but you know, that's what they do. So we just, you know, win around kind of thing, right? <laughs> I'll tell you what, for anyone listening to it, I've probably been to 50 plus Italian cities and still the foodie capital. It's been getting all the awards the last couple of years. Bologna, best food overall. Obviously, lasagna originated from there. Uh, pasta ragu, uh, tortellini, um, you know, even pizza. I had a, a place near uh, my apartment. Uh, damn, my brain is bad with names. Uh, I'll put it in here. It, it might have been the best pizza I've had. I've been to Naples. I've eaten at all the old, uh, you know, pizza places. And there's different pizza. There's Napoli pizza. There's other Italian pizza. Then you have American pizza, et cetera. But uh, Bologna, I'm telling you, if you haven't been there, you need to go. Because the food, out of this world. Anything you want, anything you need, they'll get it to you. And the prices are fair. That's the big thing people don't realize when they go to Italy. It's like living for free, dude. It's like living for free. Yeah, and the, but they go to the dumbest touristic places and pay 40 euros for a pasta. You know what I mean? When you can get that same pasta for 15 euro, that's 10 times better, right? So the, the food in Italy is ridiculously good, very cost effective. And I still miss going to freaking Lidl or whatever and, and paying for a five euro wine that is what I would pay for. $35 in Brazil. Not even yeah, like good Italy wine. knows food, knows wine. Beautiful. We had a vineyard su supplied the wine for our wedding. And bro, it was, I mean, it's all local down there where we're at. It's all local. It's all fresh. It's so good. And there's like no hangover, right? Like you don't get hung over. I really don't know that I've ever even been drunk off the wine down there. You do? <laughs> I don't. I, 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 it's easy peasy for me, man. Like you said, Akuma Matata is perfect. Akuna Matata, La Dolce Vita. Those are my <laughs> phrases I live my life by 
Ryan, I appreciate everything. Um, we got a lot of content here. It's great to meet you. I hope we can do some stuff in the future. You know, yeah, let me, and, I'll, uh, I'll look at your stuff too and we'll talk, but I'll, I'll try to make you some stuff up too. Give, give uh, the people a little outro and, and kind of pitch them, you know, where they can find you, what you kind of service them with. Where, where can they find me? They can find me on Twitter, where you found me, uh, UGC Travels uh, on Twitter. Uh, that's probably the best place to find me. You can DM me. Um, you can, there's a link in my bio there, too, if you can go and get uh, any type of some free information. I've been starting to slowly incorporate some free stuff on there, like, uh, I try to post some hooks for the people to, to take and use on their own content. I just right now, yesterday, put together a winning ad formula blueprint for Facebook and TikTok ads um, with a worksheet. So you can go in there and fill that stuff out and then try to create a winning ad set for whatever you're doing, be it a big brand or e-com store or something for yourself. And um, that hopefully will be really helpful. So UGC travels on Twitter is by far the best way to catch me. And then obviously surfing bold predictions, Instagram and stuff like that. Perception. You can also you can always catch me on there. hundred uh, percent. So um, I'll put all your stuff in the the Spotify and iTunes bio and whatnot, and we'll go from there. But awesome, Ryan. Ryan I appreciate bro. you. I hope uh, the next time we see each other, it is in Italy. So I'll be there mid August. So yeah, definitely. All right, guys. Everyone else, live bold. <laughs>